Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We're going to go in three, two, one. Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 10. Our guest today is a man that lived in the house of sin, went the wrong way around the M25, allegedly, and definitely marked Cristiano Ronaldo in the 2004 FA Cup final Robbie Ryan, how are you, mate? I'm not bad, so yourself? Good, mate, very good. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. You should have said allegedly marked Ronaldo as well. That's what you should have said, yeah. <laughs> we said don't mention Ronaldo, mate. We're okay, you know what I mean? Straight away, you mentioned him. <laughs> straight in, straight in. One of our um, shortest distances to travel via the airwaves for um, lockdown. You're only, you're only up the road from me. Um, yeah. Still, still, still living around the area. Yeah, I've been here now. Obviously, it was at Millwall. I um, I lived at Sands in, in the house of sin. We'll obviously get on to that. Um, so I lived in Bromley and obviously loved it around here. And even when I moved to Bristol, I kept my house and then we left Bristol to come back here. So I'm living in um, Petswood now, um, open in Petswood. So it's, uh, I love it around here. My wife's family's here and I've got friends and all that. So it's, uh, yeah, still get down to Millwall the odd time, probably once, twice a year or something. So yeah, I'm, I'm never going to go home now, mate. Been over here too long now. Yeah, why not, mate? Why not? You joined the club in 1998. Till 2004, 226 appearances. Two goals in there as well. Who signed you for Millwall? Uh, Billy Bonds. Right. So I was at, um, I was at Huddersfield at that time and um, we were in the championship and then Peter Jackson, if you know Peter Jackson, yeah. he came in as manager and I wasn't playing that well and um, he came in and he brought in loads of experienced players. So I was surplus to requirements really and lucky enough my old um, assistant manager, Dennis Build, who speak to Billy Bonds, I said, I'll have a look at left-back Robbie Ryan. So I come down to actually come down to Millwall for a week's training. And um, I remember Billy pulled me in the Friday. He goes, listen, I've spoke to Huddersfield. They, uh, they want a quarter of a million pounds here. So Billy's like, listen, I'm not going to pay a quarter of a million pounds for a left-back. I, I didn't know that was the cracks. I said, no problem, Billy. So I went back to Huddersfield, spoke to the manager. I said, like, why do you want a quarter of a million pounds? He goes, well, you're an Irish under 20, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, listen, Millwall ain't going to pay it. I said, so I'm not going to be going anywhere. And, that was the end of it. And then I think it was two or three weeks later, I got a phone call on the fr- Friday morning. I think I went into training. Gat was pulled me and said, listen, we've agreed you're going to Millwall. So I literally drove down to Millwall on the Friday. Didn't have a mobile at the time, so I had a girlfriend. Drove to Millwall, got down to Millwall, signed up, signed obviously the deal. 
ringing missus at around five or six o'clock, obviously housebound. She says, where are you? I says, I'm oh, just like the Millwall. You're not going to talk to me about it. I said, well, it's done now. <laughs> I said, no, we'll, we can talk now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, signed under Billy Bonds, to be fair. What division were they in at the time, Huddersfield then? Huddersfield were in the Championship. I think I'd played, as what I'd I was in, I played with Ireland on the 20s. We, we played in the World Cup, so I'd had it like a season and a half where I hadn't stopped playing football. I know people think it's um, mm. it, it, it's easy, but mentally draining. And I needed a break. And I come straight back into Huddersfield. I hadn't played at the first team ever. And I come straight back into the first team, played the first 15, 20 games. To be fair, I, I looked jaded and I didn't play well. And um, as I said, then a new manager came in and, and seen I hadn't been playing well and obviously dropped me. And um I wasn't part of his plans, and lucky enough, Billy Bonds come in, and, and lucky enough, out of two or three weeks, I, I end up signing. That's for well, for around was it fifteen thousand pound we got you for in the end? I think it was ten thousand pound, mate. Yeah, yeah. I said probably, probably, probably two weeks beforehand to ten thousand pound. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. How have they met? How have they? Well, we met in the middle, have they? How has that come about? I don't know. I think honestly, I probably just tried the fucking arm, and then um, Millwall said fuck off, and then lucky for me, as I said, because I had two weeks then. Nothing had happened. It just went completely quiet. I thought, I've got a year to go to Huddersfield. I know the gaffer's not going to play me. So I didn't know what was happening. I don't, have, I don't even know if I had an agent at the time. Um, but I said, lucky enough then. I, I went training on the Friday and he said, listen, we've agreed to see you at Millwall. And I said, 10,000 down. <laughs> I, wish it was, I wish it was a free to be honest, mate. It would have been better. Yeah, mate. Listen, uh, um, that's probably one of the best 15 grand we've ever spent. We've got some serious uh, mileage out of you, shall we say. Brilliant yeah, left back yeah, for standing years, not, yeah. not without competition along the way as well. But we'll get into that in a bit. Um, you come from Dublin in Ireland to Huddersfield, both quite um, well, not Dublin so much, but what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of out the way places, shall we say? You know, plenty of countryside, quite low key. Huddersfield, especially, what was it like coming to? What I'm trying to get is the transition between Dublin and Huddersfield. I don't imagine would have been too different, but then coming to London was that like a completely different kettle of fish? Yeah, I mean, I live just 10 miles outside of Dublin, so it's sort of like where we live now, Petswood into London, you know what I mean? It's on the outskirts of Dublin. So yeah, when yeah. I went to Huddersfield, it, it was probably ideal for me because it was a small little town. And it was, yeah, that's what I was getting at, I think yeah. if, I come to, if I come to London at, at, at 16 years old, it would have been a proper shock. But I mean, I still got homesick. I mean, I was like, I'm like listening to Sads. I think every every artist boy gets homesick because it's, it's a culture shock. You're, when you're brought up somewhere, you're out every day with your friends, just pl- playing on the streets or just walking the streets and you know what I mean, you come over to England on your own, living in digs, you literally do football till one o'clock, just go home, sit in, watch telly, train, watch telly, go to bed, because obviously you, you, you can't drink or whatever, do you know what I mean, you, you just come off, I didn't start drinking until I was, believe it or not, till I was 19, um, but you sort of, do you know what I mean, so it's, and I used to ring me dad, I said, listen, I'm homesick, I want to come home. And the same as every artist boy, and, and lucky enough, I stuck it out. I mean, I should have, I should have rung Mary Sadler. I should have, I should have rung Richie's mother. I might have got a debut a bit earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So you come to London. You live. Did you move straight in with Sadler? We heard, we heard Sadler tell the story. He said I was, he was on the coach, and you said I got nowhere to live, and you said, well, live with me, or did they stick me in the Bromley Court? No, I was, in, I was in digs. Um, I lived at a family. I think I don't know who was it. I've so read. He said about Mark Anderson, the scout who jumped in on, on his picture. Joe well, I was living with him it. and his wife and his two kids. So a lovely family, to be fair. But I was living there, and they used to have it. They used to have a, a, a dog. I'm afraid of dogs. Staff a, a bull a bull terrier. I used to come home from training and just run when they went in. I'd run straight to my bedroom and just stay in there for three or four hours, just listening to music till they come home. Off every day, I shit myself. So on Saturday, <laughs> so on Saturday, I said to me, 
do you want to move into mine? I was like, yeah, happy days. And, and obviously it was uh, two or three, two or three of the greatest years of my life, to be fair, mate. Yeah, you, it was almost like you two come hand in hand. That was obviously clear when you was at the club and, and the other boys say it as well, but you never met, met Sads before you went to Millwall. What did he say what, what it was like there? Did he give you any sort of, you know, I've got a lovely gaff or it's... I'd, I'd, I'd seen the gaff from, from, from a Saturday. And I'm not sure it was... I think, I'm not saying I made it worse, but I think it, obviously the, the more games we had played and the, the, the more we brought through the likes of Tim and all that, every Saturday was probably getting a bigger party. So, I mean, sadly used to have a, a drink on a Saturday, but... When I joined, I was in digs. We'd still go back to Saddlers, but it probably wouldn't be as many people. So I knew I had obviously been to Richie's house, and he said he sent me on a coach. I couldn't believe. It. I was like, yeah, lovely. So um, and the rent the rent was cheap. To be fair, I can't complain with the rent. So um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a win win situation. Oh, so he didn't he didn't have to like flog or dead horse here. You already knew what he was walking into. Yeah, I, I knew the house. Yeah, um, like I said I probably made it a bit worse. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember your meal debut? Yes, um, yeah, everyone remembers the debut. It was actually, I, said, I signed on a Friday. I don't even think I trained because obviously I got, a, I come drove down from London, so uh, from Huddersfield to London, and um, I signed on a Friday, three or four o'clock, and obviously just met up on the set. I was actually south end away, and it was a shit game. And I remember it was nil nil, and um, the balls come in, and there, I think there was the fans used to be behind the goal at south end or down the side, so. It's near the byline and the, the winger's trying to take me on. I've just come in and a bit like livers, I've, I've scissored them, but I've actually gone through them and flipped them up over me. So I've won the ball. Not like old school tackle where you take the man and the ball. Mm. And I've done that and the Millwall fans have gone fucking, they've gone crazy, mate. It's like we scored a goal. And I thought, oh, this is all right. Because I, I know I can tackle. I thought, oh, that's a bit of me this is. So I think ever since ever since that day, mate, the, the Millwall fans have been uh, absolutely unbelievable to me. And even, even till today, I... I go to a restaurant at Petswood and I'll be sitting there and I'll get recognised the old time. I actually probably get recognised more nowadays than fucking when I play at the Millwall, it's truth be told. And I'll be sitting in a restaurant with my daughter and someone goes, hey, hello, Robbie, how are you doing? All right? And what are you doing? I say, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And my daughter sort of just looks at me and goes, do you know him, daddy? I'm like, nah, he's a Millwall fan. And then my daughter sort of looks at me as if like, like I'm God. She's like shocked that she's... She mm. just looks at me as it thinks I'm the best daddy in the world. Do you know what I mean? It's um, so I still still got on great to this day. Every Millwall fan, I've, I've never I've never had bad word about any Millwall fan, and, and neither to me, but not to my face. And anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I came across and did some filming, didn't I? And your daughter was really like, good. "What's what's he here for? What's it?" And I said, "Your dad played against Ronaldo." And she was like, "What?" Well, she couldn't believe it. Well, you'd obviously told her before. Maybe she didn't believe you, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really talk about football much. Or I haven't got no um, memorabilia up in the house or whatever. She obviously knows I played football, but every, even as I said, every time she sees me now, and someone just waves me because you know him. I'm like, nah, he's a Millwall fan. She sort of just, she just gives me that look as if she's so proud of me. Do you know what I mean? It just makes me feel, makes me feel amazing. To be fair, mate, you, you, you're great for the club. 226 appearances, like I said, signed by Billy Bonds, but then obviously Billy Bonds leaves the club and Rhino and Macca take over. I, I, Billy was, Billy was. A proper man. He was, he was a lovely man, to be fair. And it's uh, it just, I think, at the time, as I said, Millwall had a few a few old heads who were on, I don't know if they were on good money, but they were sort of sitting there just picking up their money and a lot of them wanted to move on, but I don't think they could move on because they were probably on too much money, etc. So I felt a bit sorry for Billy, to be fair. And mm. um, Obviously, it was just the way football goes. And I said, <laughs> Rhino, Rhino Mack has come in. And I don't know if Rhino was the coach under Billy Barnes. I can't really remember if he was still playing. So... Obviously, Ryan was around the club, so I knew of him, and he'd come in, and obviously, yeah, he, he, he brought in, and, and obviously give all the lads, the, the likes of Tim and Reedy and, and start playing them week mm. in, week out, to be fair. 
Yes, yeah, so when you got there as a as a pro in '98, there would have been sort of the very early uh, beginnings of that team coming through the youth team. Did you did you not notice any of them then? Thinking, yeah, we got hell of a side coming through here, or no? Because I think Billy sort of had us 15, 16, and um, as I said, I think the last day of the season, I think Billy played Reedy, Ives, etc. Um, so, but then I think the following season, Rhino wanted to completely revamp and, and the likes of he got rid of four or five players who were on a bit of money and. Um, he still had Bobby Bowery there and um, Scott Fitzgerald and Lucas Nibble. I think he was trying to get rid of them and, and bring in the likes of Tim and Ives and all that. And mm. as I said, that, that was the start of our fantastic five or six years, to be fair, mate. mate we'll get on to that shortly, but you just you just sort of reminded me of something there. A lot of people were saying, oh, no one's mentioned Lucas Nibble in any of this, which is, I've tried tracking down. He ain't, he ain't been on social media for like eight years, but what was he like, Lucas? He was a, a hell of a player. Really was, and I, do you know what? I, I listened obviously listened to Mark McGee's interview, and he was saying like Teo never picked the team, etc. And then obviously at the end of it, he said near the end of his tenure, he, he obviously started interfering with the team. But looking back for me, Lucas was probably the best player at Millwall. To be honest, he could play right back, left wing, centre midfield, right wing, and and he was quality, just cruised like second second gear, and he was getting dropped. And the only thing I can put it down to is I, I, I believe that the chairman didn't like him. So I believe, I could be wrong, but I, I'd imagine mm-hmm. that the chairman was probably telling Mark McGee not to be playing him because he, he was in and out of the team, I think. And how he couldn't get a game for a, for a League One team or a, or a championship team is, it was beyond me, to be fair. And he was, he, he was quality. Um, I think with Lucas, and I think he was, he was a good lad, to be fair. We sort of had the, like Tim, they have... A bit of arrogance, which you need. I think Tim, Tim and Lucas believed in themselves, mm. um, which obviously needs to be a footballer. I think they probably had. I thought it was all Australians, just that little bit extra arrogance, which is um, which, as I said, you need. And, and Lucas was was a fantastic player. To be fair, but I don't think anyone's in touch with Lucas anymore. To be fair, um, I'm not. I think Mark Bertram used to be close, but as I said, I'm not even sure if Mark's been been in touch with him recently. Yeah, see, a few people said, oh, I've no, not seen or heard of Lucas Neal, like no one's mentioned him. But again, he comes to me all like late in the mid-90s. So he was sort of, only that last year we went up. And um, yeah, great player. A lot of good players around the club at that point. Uh, competition for your place, would it have been Jamie Stewart then when you first came in? That's right, yeah. As I said, I had, um, Ryan was obviously the manager. And I don't think Jamie was there. Did he sign him straight away? I'm not sure Obviously, I was the left back sort of under Billy Bonds, and obviously Jamie wasn't there because I'd only just signed in the January. Mm. I think then maybe September, I think Rhino and Mackey brought in Jamie Stewart, which is obviously for me it was a bit a bit of a, a bit of a shock. Um, I thought, you know, and he was in, in English under twenty one, so I thought I got me Wook obviously cut out here, and he was he was a good player to be fair. Um, but yeah, lucky enough, obviously we, we sort of. We were in and out of the team. I think I obviously played more games than Jamie, and in the end, he had to move on. But yeah, if I like, if I went away, like Ryan, used to annoy me. I think um, someone said the other day, whatever team he had, he'd stick with unless unless we he had a reason not to. So I'd be in the team. I'd go away to yours from the twenty ones, and I used to love going away. And I don't know if we play a game in between after games are called off. And I'd come back full of confidence. Fucking drop me. <laughs> just put Jamie Stewart and I'm thinking I go see him and listen I've just been away I played it Mark Kennedy Steve Finnan Stephen Carr Richie Dunn and I'm playing against fucking Argentina Croatia top players and I'll come back and I can't get a game against fucking Oldham at home I'll you away I'm thinking what's happening here Gaffer like he goes now Jamie's in you, you've gone away for a week and you, you've missed it. I'm thinking oh, I'm playing with country like what do you want me to do and mm-hmm. um, so we, we sort of a couple of times I'd, 
I mean, I wouldn't go see Ryan a while at the time. And, and when I went to see him, I'd, I'd probably shit myself a little bit, to be fair. It was, um, I was like, Gaffer, like, why, why am I not playing? Do you know, I'd just walk off. But I used to get myself down. If I, if I wasn't playing, like, you can ask Richie, it was, um, I was a horrible person to live with because I just, I was in Eng- England for one reason, and I was to play fucking football. And if yeah. I wasn't playing, I used to get really down and just, like, just be sulky. And I'd moan that Sads used to just sort of listen to me, do you know what I mean? So it's, um, I used to sort of get me moan to Richie about it, to be fair. But after two or three games, then if we, I, I used to actually with Ryan, you had to lose games to get dropped. So I didn't want Millwall to lose. But if Jamie was in the team, I'm sitting in the stand thinking, I fucking need mm. us to lose here. And it was quite hard, you know. I said, Richie, like, can't be sad. Richie, you know me. I need to be blamed, mate. I said so. If Millwall keep winning, I ain't gonna play another game this season. So I'm sort of hoping that. Jamie Stewart to get laced or whatever. Do you know, it was quite, quite evil. Like, but um, I said, James, he was a good lad, to be fair. He, he had a great career. He obviously went non league and he was managers. And I think he stopped playing only a year ago. And he, he was always a fit boy, to be fair. Um, but as I said, Ryan, a couple of times, uh, he let me down in my eyes a couple of times regarding regarding contracts and, and with Jamie Stewart a couple of times. But um, oh, really, that's just the way football goes, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. You want, you want to be playing games, don't you? You want to be sitting in the stands, especially if you're not from, from around here. Yeah, no, and I mean, as I said, Jamie come in and um, I don't know what deal he had signed, but obviously I, I had signed, I literally just come down and signed, signed a contract like two or three hundred quid a week. Do you know what I mean? I just wanted to play. Mm. I, I knew Huddersfield didn't want me and then Ryan offered me a contract like six I got offered a contract um, increased terms and I was happy and I had an agent so he was dealing with it and it took around four or five months and there's still nothing happening so then one day Rhino's called me into the office he goes do you want a bottle of beer son I'm like what he goes do you want a bottle of beer I'm like no we've got a game with two days he says there's only one beer and I, said, and so I think I had the bottle I probably had a mouthful of it he goes yeah what's the crack he goes yeah contract I said sorted he said just sign it there I said okay I look at it I said Gaffer my agent's dealing with that and I, as I said, I didn't really have agents. I, I'd use them for contracts or whatever. He said, "Now listen, the chairman's not dealing with your agent. Just sign it." I said, "Well, that's a little bit less than what my agent was getting." Um, just fucking sign it. And as I said, I shit myself. So I just signed it. So I've signed it. Bring me that. He signed me contract. Damn, dad goes, "You get what you want." I'm like, "Nah, now nah, I, I fucking got two hundred quid less." I said, just, "Fuck it, that. It's done now. Can get out of me fucking football." So I've had to ring my agent. I said, "Listen, he goes." And I know what you do that for. I told you I was doing. I said, listen, it's been gone on four or five months. I said, Ryan has pulled me in. Tell me don't worry about it. Just sign it. So I've signed it. He goes, no problem, son. Just send me to your contract. So a month later, I've got a bill of five and a half thousand pounds from the fucking agent. Because <laughs> obviously he was in charge of the contract, even though he didn't finalise it. So I pulled Ryan up. I said, Ryan, listen, I've got a bill from the um, agent here, five and a half grand. I said, what am I going to do with that? He goes, well, I don't know. Just don't pay me. Do what you want. I sort of fucking walk, walked off. I'm thinking, I'm 21 years fucking old. I can't speak to my agent about it because obviously I'm arguing with my agent. I said, oh my God, I'd no advice. And he sort of said, just, I just don't pay him. And just sort of never helped me. So I sort of look back and think, do you know what? I was only 21 and yeah. you sort of put me in the office. I know he's working for the club, you know, but I get that. He's got to save a bit of money. But the contract I signed was fucking half of what Jamie Stewart was on. But again, I didn't argue. I just signed it. And it's not a problem. It's not about money. It was sort of principle. And then I signed it because I didn't want to moan. I wanted to play football. I'm thinking, I'm playing more games than Jamie, but he's on double what I want, but I'll live with that. I said, but when I want a bit of help from my agent, I said, mm. like, you've got to help me out. He goes, fucking sort it out yourself. I just thought, you know what I mean? It's, I know he's got to save money for the club, but help me out as well. Yeah, that is poor from him, really, because what he wants <laughs> to do is, 
you know, that's going to be playing on your mind. That can affect your performances, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you you don't feel loved, you know what I mean? Thinking you're just another you're just another number. To be fair, mate. The auto windscreen final. You didn't. So you was at the club then. I was. Yeah, yeah. I was injured. Um, I remember I got a dummy oh. ankle. I think probably in the the March, middle of March. So probably three or four weeks, maybe a bit longer before it. And um, so I was injured. And um, yeah, I missed it. And I was trying to get back because obviously my parents. My mother and father obviously come out for it because I had a chance of being fifth for it, but um, I never materialised. I, I couldn't get fit, and obviously, to be fair, as I said, the way things were, even if I got fit, obviously Jamie was, was yeah. holding the short at the time, and um, so yeah, it was good because obviously it was the old Wembley, and I, I remember actually being at the game and sitting there, and I thought, oh, I've missed this, you know what I mean? But I'm thinking that's football ups and downs. You'll have to just get on with it. But I remember a fan tapped me on the shoulder as they're walking out, and he says to me. Because you must be good, you're missing this. And he said it with passion. And I just looked and I thought, I nearly started crying. Because you know, all of a sudden it just sort of hit me that I've, I've actually fucking missed Wembley. And I might never never play at Wembley. And I didn't actually get another chance to play. Obviously the FA Cup was in was in the Millennium Stadium. So yeah, uh, yeah when he actually, I knew well, obviously I was missing the big game. But when he actually tapped me on the shoulder, he actually just, all of a sudden just hit you. Mm. And I nearly started crying. So yeah, I missed that. It was, um, it was good. I mean, it was it was, it was a crap game, as, as all the boys have said. But yeah, I got injured. I think I probably missed the last six, oh. eight weeks of the season, to be fair. Because I saw that, obviously, Jamie obviously started the game. So I thought, hang on, was you injured or was you um, left out? But you said you was injured. So it's fair to say, when Rhino and Macca left the club, you wasn't too disappointed? No, I was... Um, no, was, listen, as I said, Rhino, he's, he's a legend of the club. Mm. and I, I, I like Rhino, do you know what I mean? It's, listen, it's, it's, it's football, isn't it? You know what I mean? He, yeah, yeah. He, he and his philosophies and... If he played Jamie, I didn't believe that Jamie was as good as me, but he's obviously the manager. So we, there's no problems, obviously, if I see Ryan up there, there's no. no problems. But when he left, I mean, when, when every manager... So all the other boys, they was like, oh, God, he left. But from your side, you, you know, so you didn't dislike him. He thought his new manager give me a chance to play more games, maybe. I wasn't good, I wasn't good at he went, and I wasn't good at when McGee went. So <laughs> maybe, maybe, it was, maybe it was just me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you're the one with a problem. Yeah, so let's move on to it. Mark McGee comes in. Um, to be fair, in his interview, he said you, 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 you bang. If I said you had to name one person that banged on your door quite a lot, he said we're probably Robbie Ryan or or Christoph because there's a lot of competition in their places. Obviously, Tony Craig would have been at the club at that point as well. Yeah, I think the first the first year, um, I think I don't know if Jamie was still there. So again, I, I played most of the games, and I said Jamie then would probably not as play as much as play as much as what he did under Rhino. Um, and sort of Tony Craig was was the last. Um, probably the second or third, second year in the championship, so not probably the, not probably when we won the league. It was obviously Ronnie Bull and Jamie Stewart, mm. and then in, in the championship, the first year in the championship, my competition was was Ronnie Bull. To be fair, but I mean even even Dennis McGee used to bring in every four or five months. He'd be bringing in left backs on trial. He brought in um, I don't know if you remember Matt Lockwood from Leighton Orient. Yeah, I do. He had him there for a few weeks at Millwall. He, um, a, a kid from Arsenal, so he obviously. I mean, I played, but it was obviously I was looking to bring it left back in my eyes, and anyhow, that, that was what I, I felt. But obviously, I just kept trying to see them off and and just doing the, the best I could on the pitch. To be fair, yeah. Oh, so so you played a lot under McGee, but obviously yeah. you're saying that you know maybe he, without actually saying anything to you, obviously he maybe didn't fancy you so much. Yeah, I always got that impression at, at Millwall. To be fair, as, as much as I mean, I, I love Millwall and and the lads. I mean, the lads made it. Do you know what I mean? You, you've interviewed all the boys and. They're just all on the same wavelength, and they're all down to where it's. You speak to Reed; he's played for Ireland. I think he played in the World Cup for Ireland. He's played in the Premier League. He's 
just so down to earth. You wouldn't even know he's a footballer. Tony no. Warnock, Liverpool, Celtic. I mean, even Dyche, you know what I mean? He's the, he's the manager of Burnley, probably the best English manager in, in, in the Premier League. And they're just all just down to earth. Do you know what I mean? They're just normal blokes. Got no, um, don't think they're better than anybody else. And it's, um, it was just a great set of lads. But from my point of view, looking back, and probably at the time I felt it, that, as I said, McGee, as much as he played me all the time, I think he was always, always on the lookout for, for a left-back. And I got, mm-hmm. obviously, I got the same impression under Ryan, etc. So, I do think um, someone at the club didn't like me for whatever reason, um, which is, it's, it, that's football. But obviously, from all the all the lads' point of view, wives and Reed, you know, they, the club loved them, do you know what I mean? And, and looked after them. And, Fair enough, I'm not saying he didn't look after me, but obviously every contract I signed, it took me months to get it and they never give me what I want and I just end up signing it. And as I said, McGee brought in three or four players to try and take my position and he already had Bully and Jamie Stewart and Tony Craig. And so mm. in my eyes, he was always trying to replace me, but lucky enough for me, he never did, to be fair, which is great because mm. obviously now I've, I've got the, the memories of the, the six years in Millwall, to be fair, mate. Yeah, 100%, that's what I'm saying. You know, I think it's difficult as well, uh, fullbacks especially, you, you're expected to defend. It's a little bit of an unsung hero job, isn't it? In a way, you you know, you've got to try and nullify a winger, and that's it. And if, yeah, if, I mean, if, yeah. if, a, if a winger has a quiet game, that means you've had a good game, but you've never set the world alight playing fullback, will you, really? Yeah, no, and, I mean, those days, I was an old school left back. I, I knew I knew my job, and I knew what I could deal with. I, could, I, could, I wanted to get the ball, give it to Christoph, Lucas Neal, Reedy, and let them do their things. And then, I was quite confident in a 1v1 situation with most people that I could defend. And that, in my eyes, that was my job. I mean, for me for me to play football now in today's world, the likes of him, Andy Robertson, and left-backs flying up and down, I mean, fuck me. That's, <laughs> I, if I went over that halfway line, mate, it'd take, me, it'd take me 20 minutes to get back. Do you know what I mean? So the, the, the machines now, they make the game. And but from my point of view, and going back in, in the time, I was an old-school left-back. I was good at defending. And I got I got past the ball. I said I give it to my wingers or to my centre forwards and let them let them do the do the magic. Um, so yeah, I, I never set the world alight, and I, I do get that. And as I said, Millwall fans love me, but I always got the impression that McGee, um, all the managers, to be fair, in the end, um, were obviously looking for something else, which is it's football, isn't it? They're they're the managers, and they've got their their beliefs, and mm. it was just it was just a bit hurtful for me, as you said, deep down. You think to yourself every week. You got a player best, and you might get dropped. And you go to twenty ones, you get dropped, or he's going to bring in somebody. So it, it does affect you mentally, I suppose, as well. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but you got, you got. I think you got to look at, look back on it now. I think you've done, you've done fucking well. Do you know what I mean, all right, you weren't a fair, fair player. You didn't score twenty five goals a season, but you were steady. I got two. I got two. Oh, did you? okay. Let's talk about those on, two. on, on, on the bounce. <laughs> back to back. I watched the clip the other day actually, and I think it might have been. Um, First home game of the season against Norwich. I think you hit, you hit a shot. Unlucky, keep it tips over. Good effort, long ranger. Twenty five yards. I didn't have many shots, but I remember when I scored. It was um, it was fucking Gillingham. I, don't know, I presume it was League One. It was actually Boxing Day. I don't know. You talk about the lads. Talk about like Matt Lawrence and all of his little quirks and all that. I was quite very superstitious, but I never told the boys because what I used to do was on a Friday, me and Sads wouldn't leave the house. We wouldn't go Bromley. Always had spaghetti bolognese. We wouldn't talk on the way to the game. Um, I'd put my left boot on first. I'd go toward a tour from the back in the in the lineup. So I'd, I'd loads of little things. You know what I mean? That was um, that I believed in. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody knew. So like Tony Warren and fucking Mark Bertram, they couldn't affect me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they, couldn't, they couldn't fuck me up. 
So, um, so yeah, so I think it was, it was Boxing Day. My mother and father obviously come over Christmas. And uh, Christmas Day, I actually had a Christmas dinner instead of me fucking spaghetti bolognese. I mean, I still, tonight's Friday, I'm, I'm having spaghetti bolognese. I still have a, every Friday, I still have a spag ball. And um, on Christmas Day, I actually had Christmas dinner and Christmas pudding. So I'm going into the game thinking, fuck me, like, it's not, it's not good. I didn't, have, I didn't have any routine last night, you know what I mean? But I've ended up, I've ended up scoring. So my dad's like, see, just do what you want on a fucking Friday. So uh, I scored, yeah. And it was great because my mum was in the stands. She was actually crying. Um, so it was great to have my mum and dad there when I scored. And lucky enough, I think, I don't, I don't know, it was Branagh for Steve Carlich just jumped him back because... I didn't know what to do. Do you know what I mean? When I scored, I'm thinking, what do I do here? <laughs> not used to it. Not used to the celebrations. Yeah. Um, so I scored on the boxing day and then I think it was the, we were in the away game and then it was the FA Cup and then we had watched for the home, the following, so the following home league game, I ended up scoring again. What did, you have, what did you have for a pre-match meal? Christmas dinner, Christmas pudding. Nah, <laughs> yeah. Spag ball, nah, spag ball, I presume. I presume I went back on to it, mate, to be fair. Oh, <laughs> so, what about um, superstitions? It was just about the left wand in the end, really. Yeah, the wands, yeah, yeah. We've seen the left wand, mate. Um, so, no, yeah. So, even after that, the fucking Millwall fans, every time I got the ball, they keep saying, shoot, shoot. And I'm thinking, I'm on the halfway line. I'm, I'm end up looking up at the goalkeeper, see if he's out of his fucking line. <laughs> I, I end up just kicking the ball out of play because I'm like, about to pay a pass. They would say shoot, I'd look up and then I'd shank the ball into the stands. Oh, that was my excuse. Lisa had an excuse then, didn't I? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. God, <laughs> two, two goals back to back. Yeah, yeah. That was it then, mate. <laughs> I'll see if I can dig them out on YouTube and stick them, clip them over the top of you talking. Oh, two, two yards out, mate, or something. Yeah, right foot, left foot, mate. Just needed a header, would have been all right. <laughs> the perfect hat trick split over three games across a six year career at Millwall. Um, you just mentioned Christoph Kinney there, and obviously we spoke to him. Um, last time, and we'd heard previously about the house of seeing Casadel Sads, and, the, and the, that seems to be like the focal point of these interviews. But we didn't know, obviously, until Christoph told us uh, the story that when he came to England, they just took him straight to the house of sin. Do you remember him turning up? Yeah, yeah. He was this fucking. There's only small. He was, was, was this little geezer, but uh, yeah. I mean, Richie. Obviously, the, the club used to ring Richie the odd time and say, "Listen, we've got a player coming out in a few days. Can he can he start to say it yours?" But I think, as you said, Christoph ended up staying. For six to eight weeks, um, but he, he was funny, Christoph, because he like he he's come in and he said he didn't speak English, but that's what he does. He's very clever. He, he would say he knows his English, and as I said, he used to um, say, "I don't understand you," but he knew what you were meant. And if, obviously, if he liked something, he'd say he'd understand you. If he didn't like something, he'd say, "I don't know nothing." He's like he's like Manuel. Do you know what I mean? He didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> so he was uh, but he was funny because he he said, "I don't really drink." So we went out, as I think he said this. We went out on Saturday. And, Obviously, me and Sad's the house. We literally just got pissed every Saturday, and I mean legless. But that was it. I'm not. We're talking about the house of sin. Like we just got drunk, me and Sad's every Saturday, and that was it. We didn't drink during the week, and during the week, Christoph even said that we used to just watch friends fall asleep. We used to sleep 14 hours a day, Dan. Every after training, straight to bed. I mean, fuck me. Sadly, didn't even train sometimes. You know what I mean? He was injured half the time, and he used to come on and go straight to bed. So uh, <laughs> on a Saturday, we've, we've gone to the bell. So, Christoph, what do you want to drink? He goes, nah, just a lemonade. I'm like, come on, I know you want me up, Christoph. He goes, I'll oh, just have a little beer. So, he ate a bottle of main sides at, at, at a couple of points. And then, all of a sudden, four or five beers later, Christoph's fucking out. He's smoking. He's chatting up the women. He's just a completely different person. And then, if he's chatting to the woman, and the woman turns around and goes, no, nah, I don't want to know. I don't want to talk to you. He's like, 
I don't understand. But he, he knows. He, obviously, when then he, someone likes him, Christoph's having the chat and he, he's playing along with it. But, boys, uh, I'm off. Boys, I'm off. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he just he just used his chair, mate. He, he was quality at it. And it made you laugh, you know what I mean? Because you knew yourself. I'm sure he knows he understands it. He, he used to get parking tickets, fines all the time. He used to park them on red red lines and double yellows and all that. He used to just get tickets and he looks at it and goes, I don't know what this is. I'm like, Christoph, you've got to pay that. That's a fucking, that's a fine. Do you know what I mean? Says, You'll get a fine. And he's like, I don't understand it. I got in his car one day. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. He did around 25 or 25 parking tickets just down on the passenger seat. All tickets. He ain't going to pay. I don't know what it is. He said, I'll just play dumb. And that's just Christoph. He just, you know what I mean? He just, <laughs> but he was, he was quality. And he was, he was a lovely little pair to be fair. When he was, um, he was, he was a 40, 40 character though. He was, um, he could, he could lose the head. Yeah, he's telling um, us the other day about, you know, his clothes getting cut up. Because he was still, still grating on him. And uh, he said, Tony was too big. He said, so I took, took a corner flag to hit him with. <laughs> I remember we were sitting there thinking, fuck, what's he doing? Because I think Tony was obviously training on his own, being a goalkeeper, and he's fucking picked the flag up. I'm like, where's he going? He's going for Tony. We're all there. Come on, Christoph. Like, we're sort of begging him on, do you know what I mean? But as Christoph said, like, me and Sads, we, we used to train, mate. I'm not exactly. We used to go home. I used to go to Bromley in the afternoon, have a sandwich, have a walk around, go home, go to bed, Groundhog Day, come on Saturday, got pissed. Do you know what I mean? And, and that was it. Sunday yeah. we'd stay in bed all day long, get a, get a fucking pizza, watch a bit of football, go to bed. But Christoph, Christoph used to come in dressed up. So he used to come in like a pair of jeans, a shirt, or like um, a cardigan, or a, I'm not saying a nice jumper, obviously it wasn't a fucking nice jumper because it got, it got put up, didn't it? Do you know what I mean? But, um, but he used to always come in dressed up because after training, Christoph used to go to London. So he goes to see, with his missus, he goes to see a bit of sightseeing or whatever. So as I said, the lads just, just cut his clothes up, mate. But I'm thinking, fuck <laughs> But he, he, he was mad, mate. He, he was so forward. He, he, could, he could lose the head, mate. And I've seen him a couple of times fighting with his missus and all that. And, They've had, they've, they had golf clubs out killing each other, the both of them. Fucking crazy, mate. I'm thinking, what? Smash, I think I think she smashed his card up. And then the next day, they're coming out to our house to have a bit of dinner. And the both of them are brand new, kissing each other. And I'm thinking, fucking, she nearly killed you last night, mate. But it's, um, I think he, he was as bad as home, mate, to be fair. They were, they were both as bad as each other, to be fair. And there was, um, <laughs> he, he was quality, mate, to be fair. And, Sounds like I mean, a fiery relationship. Yeah, I mean it was it was fucking forty. As um, but Tony, you, you've obviously spoke to Tony. Is um, Tony yeah. was always up the little things and that. You know what I mean? He's always doing shit like that, man. In in a nice way, Joe Dolan had, had plenty to say about you. Should we say he was only obviously in jest? Well, hopefully it was. <laughs> he sort of blames you for everything that went wrong in his life. Yeah, listen. Do you know you know why? Do you know why he blame me for everything? <coughs> Go on. Do you remember the story where he said he was outside Sadler's house crying when he left the board, mm. and she walked back into the house. Oh, see where this is going. Go on. She come back in and fucking wanted to cuddle off me, didn't she? So that's why that's why he blames that's why he blames me for fucking everything. It's all bollocks. Listen, I'll put my hands up. I did break I did break his leg, obviously. Um but better than that, the rest of it is because I took his missus. That's, that's, that's all I'm saying. I mean um Robbie's, Robbie's gone. He's not coming back on there, is he? No, no, but I was just about to say. I was, just about to say I was just about to say exactly that. They've all had their little dig at you, and they've all plugged away, and they've you've you've said nothing. You've held back, and now you've come on right near the end. And whatever you say goes now, mate. Yeah, exactly. I'm sweet, mate. Now, to be fair, listen, me and me and Sadler were talking. I mean, we're Irish, and we're just we're just easy going. And if we've done something stupid, we'd come into the the boys the next day and say, lads, listen, fucking Sadler, dope done this, or Robbie done this, and 
that was just us. We were just open and you know mm. we wanted to have a bit of, we wanted to have a bit of banter. We didn't care if the boys took the piss out of us, you know what I mean? So we just come in the next yeah. day. We told them everything, mate. Uh, it's part the of it, isn't it? Yeah, obviously the M25 will come up and we, we just went in the next day. Didn't even think well, we won't tell them, we'll tell we'll be tell them what we just straight away. What you do what you do last night? Yeah, I went around the M25 the wrong way, mate. <laughs> Sadler was driving. Sadler was driving, by the way. So it doesn't matter what I fucking say, does it? He's he's driving the car. Well, in, in, well, I would say in the days before Satnav, then you're the navigator. Well, his sister was in the car as well, mate. <laughs> we, were dropping, we, we were dropping her back to Stansted. She was supposed to be quite clever. <laughs> so what's happened? You've got to go to Stansted from, from Bromley to pick... Yes, Richie's sister's gone back. I mean, I don't know what time. Say the flight was at 7 o'clock. So we'd obviously, we'd obviously leave early because that's just fucking... We'd nothing else to do. I said, no, taking the piss. Look, I was supposed to meet my missus for a bit of dinner. And I've run, I said, listen, I'm down the airport at Sads. Just I said, listen, I'm going to drive the car with Sads and just get out of the house for a couple of hours. I said, so I'm not seeing you tonight, I'll see you tomorrow. And um, so I jumped in the car. This is just going to stand. So we, I mean, we're in Bromley. So obviously now I know we should have went fucking Blackwell Tunnel. But we've ended up going, <laughs> we've ended up going Orpington M25 Junction 4. We've got to um, near Junction 3 or 2. And it is fucking chocker. It, yeah, it always is. So I, I don't really know. I think we've got the map out of fucking the big map like this. More like that looks like it's a circle. So we're like, I can get off. I can get off of this junction. So I'm like, yeah, fuck us. I said, listen, we ain't in that rush. I mean, I didn't know it'd take us fucking three or four hours to get around the other side. Um, so I'm like, yeah, we ain't in that rush. Sad. I mean, it's just got four or five hours to our flight, we're early as it is. So we've obviously jumped off. To, yeah, sweet fucking happy day. So. We're driving around the M25, we've gone past Gatwick, which we knew because obviously the only place that me and Sadler knew, we lived in Bromley, we drove to Bromley, that was it, and we drove to Millwall, and that was it, and then we drove to Gatwick, very, very rarely Stansted, because everyone comes into Gatwick, for some reason the sister got Stansted, so we actually didn't really know, know where Stansted was, so there were three places we could drive to, but we're driving around the M25, gone past Gatwick, well we know this, then there's a sign Heathrow, four, like 20 or 40 miles away, then there's a sign Watford 60 miles away, Potters Bar 70 miles away. I'm thinking, fucking, so I'm gonna say, ain't no signs of a stand stage yet, mate. So <laughs> we keep driving, fucking, we're on junction eight and nine now, starting to go to M, near the M3. Still no sign of a stand stage. And we sort of looked at each other and we looked at the clock and we thought, we said to the system, kill the cucumber, no fucking, no, no panic or that, unless you've got to miss our flight. We're like, listen, Catherine, fuck it. You, you don't need to go home, you're not working tomorrow. We just turned back, we got home, we'll order the pizza, and you can get a flight in the next few days. Just stay here for a few more days. She's like, Yeah, no problem. So we just turned the car, I think, probably <laughs> junction, junction. We didn't actually go all the way, to be fair. No, I'm not, we didn't actually go, that's the truth. We didn't go all the way. So we, I think we bounced off at probably junction 10 or 11. Oh, my God. Um, back and had a pizza, and, uh, and that was it. So we, next day, we've gone into, gone into training and <laughs> Chuck, I used to just call me and Sadler the two tick paddies all the time. What did you two tick paddies get up to last night? And we were like, um, well, we, we drove, we went to go to Stansted Chop and we're on the M25 and the fucking thing was Chuck, like, we couldn't move. So what we ended up doing was spin it. So we were out for like two or three hours. So we didn't get to Stansted and that was it. Chuck was just, his ears just went and that's, he's got all the lads involved. I think he's told the South London, the South London news of South London press on the fucking Friday. It's in that. The following home game, it's in the program. Fucking hell, we're just oh like, good. Could have, could have, could have hit it. You know what I mean? We could have just not told anybody that before. Um, I said that was me and Sandler. We were an open book, brilliant. And whatever we done, we sort of just fucking, we just went told the lads, and we got ripped. And there was no, um, 
we just took it on the chin, mate. We, we, that yeah, was part of the banter. Fair, yeah, <laughs> again, that, that mate all makes a brilliant camaraderie. I can't believe we didn't actually. We've heard different, obviously, versions of this story, but the fact you didn't actually even make it as your upsides his sister off. I mean, I'll scrap this. Nah. We've, had a, we've had a nice night. Let's go kind of have a pizza and we'll try yeah. again in a couple of days. We've, we've killed two hours. We've missed fucking two hours of friends, so we can watch it tomorrow. It's something to do tomorrow. And, um, yeah, just spun it around, mate, and got a nice bit of pizza and had a bit of banter. And uh, to be fair, two days later, it's in the Southern London Press, and I thought, <laughs> maybe, maybe we should have kept that to ourselves, mate. <laughs> So when you took it, when she went back to the airport, did you two take her again, or she? No, said, I didn't. No, I didn't go. this week. I'm getting a no, cab. I, I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think that when I was even we told the lads, the, the fucking first question was, "Why'd you go to the M25? Why'd you go to the Blackwall Tunnel?" More like, "Where's the fucking Blackwall Tunnel?" I mean, we've been living in 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 London two or three years, boy, and probably sat up even longer. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. as I said, we literally damn lived in that. Was a calm, calm up road. We dropped. My, I done around. 5,000 miles in my car in two or three years living in London. Do you know what I mean? I literally drove to Bromley every day. Sadly, used to drive to Calmont Road and we had the games. Sorry, to the den, we did the games. And that was it. So we didn't know anywhere. So it's Blackwall Tunnel. Where the fuck's that? So they end up explaining to us. I think I think the next time Richie went, I think he might have went to Blackwall Tunnel. But if you put, thing is with Richie, if you put Richie in the same situation, he'd probably still go around the M25 the wrong way. He'd do it again, mate. At least, at least I learned my lesson. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Oh mate, it's pretty. It's it's comical. It's it's a, it's a comedy show, but it's fucking brilliant. I said we all saw the games. We all knew the football was great. The team bonding and togetherness was clearly there for all to see. But to find these stories out now, twenty years later, it's just it's just fucking fantastic. Eventually, <laughs> it's not even about football. My question is just about just. Just uh, don't mention Ronaldo or Sweet Mate. No, no, we're going to save you until last. <laughs> <Shut up>. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, um. My next question was, sorry, my head's gone because I'm just enjoying it so much. Right, so eventually you leave the house of sin, you move out of Sadlia's gaff and you move into your own place. I met Mrs. missus and to be fair, Sadler was obviously injured, Sadler was obviously injured at the time. And as I said, and I'm not listening, it's two or three great years with Sadler's best. We were, honestly, we were like a married couple, mate. We were, we were mm. inseparable. And that's the God's honest truth. We've done everything together. Saturday nights, the lads used to go up London, me and Sadler. We're not going up to London, boy. We're going to go up to London. We got the bell and we got fucking Delano's. That's all we need. I mean, me and Sadie were scouting around. I remember one time we were, we um, we lost away to Burnley, just the two of us on the way home, fucking nearly crying. I think Sadler probably got injured and I was might have been taken off. And we we played shit, and you, the lads are like, what, what are you doing? And me and Sadie's like, no, we ain't going out. We're not, we're not in the mood. The lads are like, they're out with their families and their wives and the missus, etc. But me and Sadie, we lived on our own. Do you know what I mean? So Saturday night. And, I ain't going out. We've ended up getting back to the house at 10 o'clock. We sort of looked at each other. What are we doing? Fuck it, we're going out. Put our clothes on. Went straight to the bell, mate. Barman, 16 vodkas, eight cans of Red Bull. The barman goes, who are they for? I'm like, just for me and me, mate, just two of us. He's like, what? He says, yeah, mate, that's, that's just to get, we're, we're in a bad mood. Just fucking racked them up, mate. We, we just necked them, do you know what I mean? So, but that, what I'm saying is, we literally just got drunk on a Saturday, and that, that was it. It was, honest to God, Dan. And even then, we, when we were in the championship, if we were the game on a Tuesday, we then started knocking out every Saturday, pending mm-hmm. on, I shouldn't pick a game, but pending if you we were playing Man City on a Tuesday, or if you we were playing fucking... Um, Crew on a Tuesday, do you know what I mean? So, depending on the game, we'd probably stay in the Saturday. But anyhow, so obviously, Richie got injured at this stage when, when I when I met my girlfriend, which was good timing for me that I'd met my girlfriend because obviously, Richie then, I think Richie deep down probably knew that he was struggling more than, than he let on. That's a question I was going to ask you a lot on a serious one. Was that 
did that become difficult? You two so close, and him not playing games. You you didn't, yeah, feel, it, you didn't feel guilty playing games, but you know you was playing games and he wasn't. It must have been. Was it a difficult no, yeah, situation as, to be in? Yeah, it, a, a relationship did change. Unfortunately, it's, it's a way of life. I, mean, I love Richie, and, and it says give me the best years of my life. And he's he's a top man. Do you know what I mean? We still speak, mm. not not often, if truth be told. But at the time, as I said, I think Richie knew. His injury was probably worse than what he told people, and obviously I was living with him, and he, he never told me happened. To be fair, deep like about I've read his book now, and obviously I know the situations, etc. And I didn't know any of that. And even when he was injured, I didn't know how bad it was. But what what sort of, as you said, happened? I was still playing, and then Richie sort of didn't want to be sort of moved away from the footballers because mm. he was obviously making them depressed, etc. But he was then going out on a Friday night. I mean, it's his house, so there's no, there's no qualms here, do you know what I mean? But as opposed to us just having the houses in on a Friday night, all of a sudden, uh, sorry, on a Saturday night, all of a sudden on a Friday night, sadly, and the two or three lads would come in at three o'clock in the morning and I'd hear them, do you know what I mean? Um, the parties wouldn't be as big as on a Saturday, but you'd still have people there and a bit of music. I'm thinking, I've got a game tomorrow. But yeah. listen, I'm not... <laughs> I understand it. It's Richie's house. But for me, I'd actually met my girlfriend in that time, which was perfect because then I thought to myself, Do you know what? Obviously, I, I can't be living here. Richie is struggling injury-wise. And if he's going to be going out on a Friday, Saturday, and I, 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 do you know what I mean? It was time for me sort of to move on. As I said, I, I moved and I and obviously got my own house. Um, but yeah, as I, I didn't, as I said, I didn't know anything about Richie. As I said, he kept it all to himself, to be fair. Um, but uh, things definitely did change, as I said, because obviously mm. I ended up moving out. And then I don't... Richie was injured and obviously always training so sometimes I wouldn't say I wouldn't see him but we sort of didn't just speak on the phone do you know what I mean because he'd be in training at four o'clock and I then I wouldn't see him or exception and then Richie didn't want to talk about his injury or talk about football and mm. I didn't want to be saying oh, I'm playing I've got a big I've got Man City away this Saturday you know what I mean so it was things did become a little bit a little bit difficult to be fair um, but still, listen we're still great mates but obviously things sort of did change a little bit to be honest so I've got to ask you this story because you said to me, I said to you last night quickly over text, Joe Dolan, going to ask you about when uh, he locked Joe in your house and you went, I don't remember it. So I messaged Joe, I said he can't remember exactly when it was and he called you a silly something and then he said it was the night after the PFA Awards. He said you both went, you all went to the PFA Awards, all got pissed up, he crashed at your house, you got up the next day, forgot he was in the house, went training, and locked the door. <laughs> And he got he he, uh, he got he ended up getting fined a week's wages out of, over it. He's fucking blamed me again. He, just because I took his missus. You know what, Dan? I ain't gonna lie. His missus wasn't even that nice looking. <laughs> I just I was just bored, mate. You know what I mean? He's fucking keep giving it. I, I mean, obviously when I, I, I listened to John, I'm thinking I don't remember that. And obviously me and Sadler, I said we don't. don't we're like goldfish, mate. We forget everything. All the stories that the boys are thinking. I'm thinking, I remember bits of that, and I remember that, but I don't remember this happening. I don't remember who, who chopped Reedy's eye. I don't remember if it was Tony Warner who done Christoph's jumper. This, I'm not lying. I don't remember. But all the other boys, they're like fucking elephants. Don't, don't, they don't, don't forget that, mate. They're like elephants. But anyhow, so when you said, I'm thinking, I don't really remember, but now it's vaguely in my head that obviously, this is not going to make that up, is he? But I remember the PFA deal, and I was living, I, I just moved to. Uh, Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Healy Driver is so in Orpington Notes. Do you know Green Street Green? Yeah. Do you know the buff, the pub, the buff? The buff? The buff, it's called, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. um, it's, it's in Green Street Green. So what's happened is, I've moved house, I've lived there whatever, six months, whatever it is. So, PFA deals on a seven or eight o'clock on a, on a Sunday. So um, all the boys, I think around 10 or 12, said, fuck it, we'll go. So I think Chopper's come to my house. Livers has come to my house. Joe Dolan's come to my house. Um, I think two or three of the lads come to my house. We've all got changed. You've got to wear the tux. So we've gone to the, we've all got changed in my house. We've all put on tuxedos. We've gone to the buff around one o'clock on a Sunday. Walked into this, like just a local pub. Twelve lads, all tucked up. You know what I mean? Fucking whole pubs. Like, look, who was who was who was this lot? So we've ended up getting we've ended up getting fucking pissed. So five five o'clock's come. I think it's, we've rung. Um, it's a bloke called Toddy. He used to drive the minibus for the for the under 18s right. to the games. So he said, Toddy, come pick us up. There's around ten or twelve of us. We give you two hundred quid or whatever it was. Take us to Park Lane to the to the Grosvenor House to the PFA deal awards. So he's like, yeah, no problem. So he's torn up in a, in a minibus. I can't remember if it's had um, the Millwall crest on it. I was just a plain white fucking van. So anyhow, we've we've taken over the buff, a couple of girls around us or whatever. Not that there was many fucking girls in there, but we're having a bit of crack. So Toddy's come outside. Come on, lads, I'm ready to go. So we've all jumped in the van, stopped off with an off-license, got loads of cans of beer. Now, we're, we're on our way to the PFA deal here, 12 lads. So <laughs> he, he, he's in a, I don't know, I don't know if I had a Millwall crest on it, in the Millwall fucking van. It was the Millwall van, whether it had a crest or not. So he's drove us to outside Grosvenor House. 
as we've got there, there's loads of cameras and all that. Because obviously, there's all players, all the Premier League players are there, etc. So it's like chauffeur-driven cars, all all television, all cameras. We've opened the door. As we've opened the door, all the fucking cans, all the empty cans, I fell on the on the park on the park lane road. All the cans are falling out. We've just, we've all just jumped out. Well, everyone's just looking around and thought, who the fuck is this? Or like, yeah, what's weird? We just walked in, blast, fucking blast, just walked straight in, mate. So we don't, we don't give a shit, mate. Walked in, and that was, that was just the lads, mate. They were just, we were all just a, sort of. I just describe it as a messy drunk. Do you know what I mean? We never, we never caused no trouble. Yeah, we just yeah, yeah. had a bit of banter, a little bit loud. And I was call it messy drunk. But all of a sudden, we've ended up going in there. We've ended up sitting down. We're fucking throwing food. We're throwing bread rolls at each other. So we all, we're all obviously, we're obviously all pissed. Um, now, as I said, vaguely now that you've mentioned Joe, I do vaguely remember. But I think what's happened is, I think livers and, and I... Um, Chopper stayed in my house, and so was Joe. And I had a townhouse, so downstairs was a bedroom. So I think Joe was probably in the downstairs bedroom. And then me, Chopper, three bedrooms upstairs, so me, Chopper, and Livers in, in, different, in different bedrooms. So obviously, nine o'clock comes, we've all got up, me, Chopper, and Livers. We've had a bit of breakfast or whatever we've done. Didn't even fucking, downstairs, the door shut, didn't even think of, I, I'm presuming this is what's happened, by the way. Um, we've we've all we've all gone to training, um, and I I was I was quite conscious. I always sort of double locked the door. I've had a chub key. I chub lock it. So obviously then Joe was woke up. I think Joe must have been it because he was injured. Was probably allowed to come in for eleven o'clock because yeah. the fucking physio knew we were out in the piss. Do you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, he's obviously tried to ring me, but by this time ten o'clock, half ten, we're, we're in training. So Joe was he's obviously. Stuck indoors, <laughs> and again, he's looking just blame me again. But as I said, I woke up, livers and choppers were there, and I just didn't even think of Joe. I, I, I do apologize, Joe, but fuck you, you deserve it. <laughs> um, so I, and even then, as I said, I don't know then what happened if I come out and train at one o'clock and let him out, or if my miss, I don't know, my, I wasn't really living with missus at the time, but she obviously she would have had a key, so I don't know if he was there all day. He said he was there all day, and he, he ended up getting fined a week's wages. and... He wasn't allowed to travel with a squad to the FA Cup final as punishment. He had to travel separately. <laughs> I don't know. That. Well, that, to be fair, I'm not just saying that because the, the, the PFA deal would have been sort of middle of April. So it was probably four weeks before the, um, before the FA Cup. So I don't know. I, I would imagine that he, he wouldn't have been able to get out until I come out and train, which would have been probably two o'clock. Do you know what I mean? So then obviously he, he's, in, he's in Schitt's Creek. And obviously Ray, Ray, Ray was quite... Ray was quite serious. He used to sort of, he'd, he wouldn't find you. Like, Rhino used to always fucking find you. Rhino just, Rhino loved to fucking find him. And Rhino would find you. Whereas Ray, Ray didn't, but Ray Wilkins would, if you're late for the, for the game, or if you miss training, like big things, he, he'd call them, which the arse is, if you're, if you're late for the game, he, he said, listen, you're getting fined a week's wages. Do you know what I mean? And, and he was, there was no like 20 pound fines, 50 quid fine. There was either, a week's wage for missing training or, or, or missing or being late for the game, and that was sort of it. So obviously Joe probably did did get fined a week's wages. <laughs> I'll, buy, I'll buy him a drink when he comes back from Australia. I suppose, you, I suppose you're done, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he so, deserves it, mate. <laughs> amongst all this chaos and M25 journeys and episodes of Friends and Spaghetti Bolognese, there's some, actually some very good football and successful times at the club. Uh, let's talk about the promotion season, 2001. 2000-2001, when we went up as champions. Um, it's not so much talk about the football. It's just the more stories of the carnage that ensued. It was, um, listen, uh, 
probably listen the championship was as good the following year. But I mean that that year just winning winning the league, mate, in front of seventeen, eighteen thousand fans. And even I think I've seen a couple of your clips where we're sort of coming out um on the Oldham day and, and the, the stadium just packed. It was just unbelievable. I said, Oh my friends are over, sads of his friends are over and it was it was amazing. It was um one of the best days of my life to be fair. And as you said, it was it was a it was a great season. I think obviously we go back to Ryan on the the lads have said I've said, listen, I'll, I'll as I said, I, I always got the impression that McGee, whether it be the chairman or someone at the club, didn't like me. But um, mm-hmm. to be fair to, to Mark McGee, he was the difference with all the boys have said it. <clears throat> we had a good team, I think. No disrespect to Rhino. Um he was he was good, he was a good manager, but obviously just not as good as McGee. And I think anybody could have taken nearly that team to the playoffs. But McGee was definitely the difference. Him and Ray Harford, as the boys have harped on about, was um an, an unbelievable coach. Ray Ray could he could teach you that. Like if 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 Martin Gee said to Ray, "I want to play long ball," then Ray Hartwood would change his trend to playing long ball. Mm. Then the next day, McGee said, "Oh, we're playing um, a football team. I want I want to I want to play football against them." Next day, Ray Hartwood would train how to play football. So he, he, Ray Hartwood was just he could teach you that. Whatever way, whatever style of football you wanted to play was um, Ray could do, and he he was an unbelievable coach. And uh, God rest his soul, he was quality, but. I said McGee was definitely the difference of, of us winning the league and um, some. I mean, some of the performance that year, obviously Oldham five 0 and even Rodham. I said I think I'll, I'll, you look back at it, the fixtures. I mean, we only won the league by three points, but I mean, we went on. I think the last seven or eight games. I mean, I think we won seven and drew one. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a hell of a run. No matter what, no, no matter what way you look at it, the last eight games when you're you're under pressure week in week out and need to win to win the league to win them is was unbelievable but as I said we had the players and, and the young lads were, were all hungry and every every one of them was was a fan, was a fantastic player to be fair it, it was a great season to be fair mate. by this point was you still on the same contract that you'd signed under Rhino yes um, yes 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 I had um, I said when, when I signed the Millwall I just literally just signed it that's because I think because now further down the line you've just won the league you're more, more, much more of an established player and it's about two or three years down the line yeah. isn't it no, yeah, as I said, I'd signed a deal with Rhino, which, listen, as I said, it's football and it is what it is. But I signed a deal for less than half of what Jamie Stewart was on, which is not a fucking problem. But at the end of the day, I suppose it is a problem, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's, you think to yourself, well, I'm playing more games than Jamie. The year we won the league, I probably played 25, 40 games. Yeah, well, yeah. How am I on less than half of what he's on? Do you know what I mean? But I was still on the same contract, yeah. And then um, obviously when we won the league, um, we all signed new deals um, for, for the championship. Which um, again, it's not um, the chairman at the time. I signed a three-year deal, and it was just, the chairman said to me, "Listen, this is not a championship contract, um, but I don't know if, if you're good enough to play in the championship. So take it or leave it." And obviously, I just had a, we just had a great season. I thought, "Well, I don't want to be leaving Millwall now. We're in the championship." Mm. So I just signed it. Um, but obviously, then three years later, I got offered the same contract. Um, but I just signed it because. My world, my world was football. I mean, I left my, my family and my friends in Ireland for one reason, and that was to, that was to play games. Do you know, yeah. that's all I wanted to do. Obviously, I wanted to make money, but it wasn't a be all and end all with me. And obviously, it upset me that Millwall didn't believe me. And the fans loved me, but obviously, unfortunately, someone at the club did, didn't love me as much as the fans. Um, but listen. As you said, I don't know what they thought I was going to get. Though I don't understand. Sorry to cut you off. Don't I don't understand what they thought I was going to get for the amount of money that we paid for you as well. No disrespect. The age you was at the time, the, the and the the miles we got out of you as a player. I don't know what they was. 
In, yeah. my mind, in my mind, I would think, from my point of view, we've got this left back. They originally wanted a quarter of a million for him. We've got him for fuck all. And he's been brilliant for us. And we can, you know, he's a steady left back. That's money you could spend further up the pitch. You know, that's, that's been my way of thinking. That was my philosophy. I mean, I was, mm-hmm. I was the worst paid player at the club. Um, which is, listen, I wasn't worth a million pound or two million like Reedy and Tim and Sads and etc. I, I know that. But as you said, I was, I was doing a job week in, week out. And I'd established myself. I got rid of Jamie Stewart at that time. He'd moved on. Um, so, do you know what I mean? I, I, was, I was the number one left back. And as you said, I wasn't earning good money, I think. So, why did, why, for me, I, I should be the chairman's favourite player. I'm on shit money. I'm on shit money and I'm doing, I'm doing the job. Um, but as I said, I, I got told a couple of things since I've left that someone at the club didn't like me for, for whatever reason. I don't really know, to be fair. Maybe it's because of the house of sin. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, but as I said, hand on heart, the house of sin only happened every Saturday. Better than that, it, it was quite a quiet time. Uh, me and right. Sandler used to sleep 14 hours a day and eat pizzas. <laughs> um, <laughs> so in the championship, the first year back in the champ, obviously, as you said, we've done very well. We nearly went back to back. But Ronnie Ball really at some point along the way because he played a few games that year, didn't he? Yeah, and I don't really, I know, I think he was playing, obviously we, we got him out, I mean, again, the championship was another great season, and just, just every week he just wanted to play football, do you know what I mean, he just, just mm. enjoyed it, everything was just, the club was buzzing, the fans were buzzing, we were buzzing, we just had a, just had a belief, in, not putting us like Liverpool, do you know what I mean, but just look at Liverpool now, even when they're not playing well, they just keep winning games, yeah. and we sort of had that belief that no matter who we were playing, even if we, we lost, Three or four nil. I think the Ben we lost four nil. The Ben we still then the next week top. We just win the next game. We just we just we, we had a, we had a belief and I think I played a lot of the games. I think Ronnie Bourne might have played sort of left wing the odd time and then. Um, but I think come March because I missed the playoffs. I I don't know if I got injured or if I got dropped. Do you know, I remember, I remember him playing a white Coventry on Friday night. He was on the telly. Yeah, he, he, played, he, he played he played the last on the left back slot and volleying it forward and stuff. Yeah, I think he played the last six or eight games of that, of that season. So I don't know if I got injured and missed the game or if I, if I just got dropped. But to be fair, it was, it was the first time um, when I used to get dropped for Jamie Stewart, no disrespect for Jamie Stewart, I, I thought when he came into the team, he didn't do anything outstanding. I thought, well, I should be back in the team because he hasn't come in and been man the match or whatever. And I thought, well, I should be in the team. But when, when Ronnie actually come in, I think it was end of March, he actually come in and I was sitting on the bench watching him and I thought, fuck, I ain't gonna get back in here. He, he, he was he was unbelievable to be fair. He, 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 He's good with it. The last eight games, and I'm not lying, he was unbelievable, mate. He was sticking the two lads' legs. He was like a little winger. He I was. He was. this geezer. Do you know what I mean? Because we trained with him, and I'd seen him. I thought, fuck, you know what's happening? I thought, I ain't gonna get me place back. And that's the first time I actually thought, you know what? I knew I could no disrespect. I thought myself, I could see off Jamie Stewart. Um, the, the, the players he bought in a, a, on trial, etc. When when Bully broke onto the scene, I thought, oh, next year's going to be tough for me. But mm. I don't know what happened because I come back pre-season and then I started, I think I started the following season off straight away. I don't, I don't know why he didn't sort of start the Bully. I don't know if Bully got injured. But as you said, them last six or eight games, mm. Coventry away, the two Birmingham games, he was he was unbelievable. And I, 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 could, I couldn't knock him against all then because I had to put my hands up. Bully, yeah. Bully was in fantastic form, to be fair, mate. Um, I was good because I missed the. I was sub for Birmingham away, um, but I mean I, I was never because of left back. He was never going to put me on. Do you know what I mean? So for the home game, obviously he, we, he wanted to win it. So I wasn't sub for the Birmingham game. And I remember being in the stand and just when he scored that in the last minute, I was like, 
fucking hell, man. As I said, when, when Jamie was in the team when we were in League One, I sort of wanted us to lose. I know it's not right, but I needed to play football, Dan. Yeah. I mean, you got to be right. selfish. And, I mean, Millwall, as I said, we've always spoke with Millwall didn't like me and anyhow. So when I'm not playing, I'm thinking, they just bomb you out. I got them start up again, do you know what I mean? So, but to be fair, when we were in the playoffs, and I wanted us actually to win as much as it was hurting me because I thought, well, listen, we're close to the Premier League. I can't be, I can't be not wanting us to win, do you know what I mean? I knew at the time, I thought we, we need to be winning these games. And um, But Bully was fantastic. And I, I sort of look back and obviously McGee said about bringing in Dion, broke the bank. Um, and he, he was unbelievable, Dion. Really, absolutely a gent, just a gentle joint. Um, but I always got the impression that, because Saddle had been injured, and I know Saddle played until till March, I think, but he was he was playing on a Saturday, he couldn't play on a Tuesday, he wasn't training, so we knew that he, he wasn't going to be fully fit at the end of the season. I always thought, why did we sign Dion four or six weeks earlier? Mm. But obviously, McGee said, I didn't realise that, obviously, he broke the bank and it, it was a lot of money. Um, so yeah, because it was, was a long, we had to pay a long fee for him as well, as well as his Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a bit of a thing, that, isn't it? Yeah, especially going back fucking 20, 25 years ago. Um, when was it that long ago? No, maybe whatever it is, 15 years ago, years. whatever it is. But um, yeah, it's um, yeah, strange. But I, I always believe that if, if if he did bring in someone a bit earlier, maybe, who knows, we could have been top two. Or, but as I said, Dion come in and, and he, he was quality, to be fair. And I'll, t- I'll tell you this story about Dion. I don't, I don't even know if I told the lads. We were... Obviously, the lads all got on, and they used to call me a fucking Irish leprechaun, a tick paddy, C-U-N-T, etc. Do you know what I mean? So, I, I could take it. I'll give it back as good as we got. That, that was just the band that we had. So, me and I were in the shower one day, and Dion's in the change room, in the, down at Calmont Road. There's only three of us, but Dion's sort of just getting dried or something. Me and I were in the shower. And I starts calling me a paddy, so-and-so, and blah, blah, blah. And I, I've turned around. I've started calling I've some names that I wouldn't be allowed to say. Right. a bit of banter. Dion Dublin's fucking threw his towel down, come into the shower, stood over me like that. What did you fucking just say? To, what did you just say to Ives? Apologise to Ives now. Like, I'm like, I fucking, I shit myself. I didn't know what to say. Ives was like, nah, Dion, Dion, listen, it's Robbie, mate. It's Robbie. Robbie can say what he wants. No, it's, it's just the way Robbie talks, mate. It doesn't, it doesn't mean nothing. I'm like, my heart's like that, mate. I fucking shit myself. Big Dion, six foot, six foot six, fucking naked over, standing over me. I thought, oh, mate, I'm going to get killed here. And um, but yeah, that was just the band that we had. But obviously, Dion just when he heard me saying certain words, you're like, you can't say that. Fucking apologise, oh, mate. I shit myself to you, fair. So any time Dion was about, I sort of just kept my mouth closed because I, I do like to swear and stuff and, and use different words. So I thought when Dion's about, I said I'd just be. So maybe it was probably better that I wasn't there. I wasn't involved for the four or six games that Dion was there, mate. You know what I mean? In, in the change rooms. I reckon he fucking ripped the change room to shreds when we lost. The, when we, yeah, well, he, he was a fucking lovely man, mate. Again. Any player that we sort of brought in, they, they always added a bit with the old players and Dyche and Claridge and all that. It was um, they, they brought in the right people, to be fair. Mm. I mean, obviously, after that, we've heard from other people's perspective, Mark McGee especially, that the wheel started to come off for whatever reasons. The Birmingham thing played a part, the ITV Digital. And eventually, a season or so later, Mark McGee lost his job and Dennis Wise gets the job. How did you feel about that? Um, I, was, I, was, I was buzzing. Finally. No, I don't mean that. Listen, that, that's no disrespect to Mark. No, um, I know, no, I know. I, 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 had, um, I think he got sacked today in September, and um, I actually it was the Preston game. I'd been dropped, and I, I wasn't playing. So I think I think Mark had told me that I could sort of leave if, if someone comes in for you. But me being just stupid, I wasn't looking for I wasn't looking for a club. Do you know what I mean? He told me I could go, but I wasn't. My dad used to say every day, "Have you rung your agent? What's happening?" And I'm like, 
Um, hey, ring me that. If there's any news here, ring me that. Like, listen, he's told you he can live. So I was sort of just, I don't know why, stupid, I suppose, and naive. Um, so I knew that I was on my way out. So, um, and at that, the Preston game on a Tuesday night, my wife was actually, um, it was my girlfriend at the time, but she was in hospital. And I can't remember why. So I wasn't at the game. But I think Branagh texted me. And he texted me and said, listen, Rob, so I'm telling you now, he said, got a few, a few Millwall fans singing their name. There's probably like 20 Millwall fans singing my name. Um, he said, Millwall fans are singing their name. They said, they're singing McGee out, McGee out. So I'm sort of sitting in the fucking hospital being evil, I suppose, because I need to play, don't I? That's, that's the only reason I'm in England. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just yeah. thinking, I'm actually smiling. And I, I was happy that the lads lost. As I said, I, I wasn't, it, it, when Bully was in the team, I didn't want the boys to lose because obviously we, we were pushing for the playoffs. But when we lost to Preston, I thought, well, I was happy, to, if truth be told, because I thought, I've got a chance of getting back in. McGee's got a chance of getting the sack. And obviously then the next day, um, he's got the sack. And then Dennis has got the job. And Dennis is actually, again, I don't know if, if people get the wrong impression of me and Sads, but Dennis actually rung me and said, listen, Rob, I'm taking over. You're my number one left back, which, is, which was the first time any Millwall manager had ever said to me. And I was fucking, I was buzzing. I've rung mm. me dad. I said, dad, I'm back in the team. I'm playing. I said, I'm fucking... Just so much, it gave me so much confidence. I thought, first time I'd ever felt wanted at Millwall. Mm. And obviously the fans and the players, I know the players like me and the fans like me, but it's the first time I actually felt the club liked me. And um, so Dennis said to me, he says, yeah, you're inside. He said, don't be going out on the piss. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, don't be going out on the piss, Rob, you're playing Saturday. I'm like, Dennis, I don't drink during the week. He said, but listen, don't, don't worry about it. I'm not going out on the piss, Dennis. Honest, Dennis, honest, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I said, I'll be in training tomorrow, mate. Fucking, I can't wait. So, um, yeah, so why is he give me, obviously put me straight back in the team, mate. And uh, he was good. He was good, Dennis. And, and obviously Ray Wilkins, the boys. I mean, fucking, hell, what a player he was. The boys talk about him taking corners and stuff like that. He, he was quality, and and Dennis was good. To be fair, he was. Listen, for, for me, I think, especially Premier League players, but footballers. If you're a footballer, you're obviously a good player. And I think the, the manager's job is to to treat you like men and, and, and just to keep you ticking over and, and be good to you. Do you know what I mean? And, and sort of be honest with you. And Dennis. All the all the players like Dennis and his training was. I mean, we used to play. We used to play five aside, so it'd be like the um, the Irish and the English against the foreigners or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Or, um, so we used to have like little just five on a Tuesday. We used to. Dad, I'm not. We used to kill each other. We used to kill it. Muzzy, Muzzy, Muscat. We had a bit of boat called a Bill, a fella from France. He was quick as quick quick as fuck. He was like lightning. So he's knocked the ball past Muzzy. Muzzy's just come in training this. Is. I, mean, I could tackle Dan, do you know what I mean? But I wouldn't go and just kick someone. I, if, if I fell someone, I fucking fell someone. It's not a problem. But I wouldn't go and try and do them. I'd try and get a ball. If I missed the ball, I'd take him down. But he just was nowhere there. He's just got taken away. Hopped him up. Fucking a few ways. He's gone off injured. And Moise's like, yeah, love it, love it. But they're like... Wise's training was the same as McGee's, but it was just so intense. It was you would come off the training ground sweating, which was good. You know what I mean? Because you, you were sharp. Come a Saturday, mate, you were sharp and you were good to go. And um, him, him and Ray were a good parents, to be fair. But Dennis done the same stuff week in, week out. But as I said, whatever we done was done at a pace, and it, it was sharp, and it was all even a set of five sides. You you didn't you just did not want to lose, mate. There, there, there was I wouldn't say there was more. There's not mean, but it was so. Us against you, it was, it was the US and the English against mm. the Australians and, and the French or whatever. It was it was passion, mate. You know what I mean? You just didn't want to lose. It was, it was great, and that's what that's what Wisey bought. He, he he wanted to win everything. Do you know what I mean? And, and obviously playing from Chelsea and um, where he, where he's come from, 
he was a winner, him and Ray, to be fair. And, and that, that, those were the difference. And, and as I said, he'd said to me straight away, Robbie, you're my number one left back. He said, fuck what's going on. You're the, the second third one to, to say that. He had a little chat, a little one-on-one chat with, with, with the individual and made you really feel you know, re- rejuvenated underneath, you know, underneath him as a manager. He did, as I said, for, for me, it was, it was the first time anyone had been in Bill Wolf, I think probably five, six years by then, and it was the first time someone had actually said, you're my number one left back. And it just, I just grew wings, you know what I mean? It was the first time I thought, oh, hell, here we go. And I, I was buzzing, I got back in the team, we started winning games and obviously went on the FA Cup run, etc. And I, I thought, hell, I might get another contract here. And um, yeah, so it was, uh, it, it was good for me. As I said, listen, no disrespect to Mark, I needed Mark to go. And that's just the way it is. He said, obviously, the likes of Ives and that were good at the time, but but for for someone else, it's 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 good, and it's the way football is. Yeah, it's, 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 good, it's good to hear because obviously everyone said the same thing. Everyone so far, although you all played in the same era, pretty much, all it's all sort of followed suit. They was all gutted about um, Rhino Macca going, but they was all pleased McGee come in. And it's good to hear a different side of things. But finally, you had a manager that you felt you felt like you belonged. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and I was straight back in the team. Think about it, you, you, you did seem to just really get even better under Dennis Wise, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I was I was one of those players, Dan, and said, I, I had to play week in, week out, because otherwise I'd, I'd probably put on two, two, only two or three pounds, you know what I mean? But just get a bit, I was never quick, so I'd get a bit sluggish. But if I wasn't playing week in, week out, I'd lose my sharpness, and then I, I, I don't look a good player, do you know what I mean? So I, I had to play week in, week out, and I said, Dennis, just, just give me the confidence. And all of a sudden, that just, that just gives you an extra 10%, doesn't it? And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you don't look slow. You look a little bit quicker and you look a, a bit sharper, etc. And it was, um, I mean, we, again, we had great times under Denison. As I said, we had obviously great times under, under Mark McGee. But mm-hmm. like everything, it, it comes to an end, doesn't it? And um, I said, for me, Dennis, Dennis was great. So, so I thought, and I thought, I thought I'd end up staying, to be fair. But obviously, that, that didn't work out. Well, say, brilliant times under McGee. Different, brilliant times are different under, under Weiss. Things you wouldn't never think would happen. And talking about obviously the FA Cup run, let's talk about that cup run. Let's fast forward straight to the semi final, unless you've got any great stories from before. But um, actually, this started with a quarter final. Tramier Rovers at home drew 0 0. Must get missed the penalty that day. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got to apologise because I said I used to only go on Saturdays, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the Tramier game was on a Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Oh, we had a drink on the Sunday night. Yeah, because you said, you said Muzzy missed the penalty. I remember we were in Beavers and Bromley. Yeah, a Millwall, a Millwall fan started on fucking on 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 Muzzy. Really? Missed the penalty. Yeah, he's like, Fuck, you missed the penalty, you Aussie git and blah blah blah. And to be fair, Muzzy was quite calm. We just pulled against. Listen, mate, just we got his mates. Listen, he's drunk. Get him out of here because it's going to be a bit of trouble. And he, he ended up just going away. Do you know what I mean? But I mean, Muzzy Muzzy was quality, as you said. He, he was um he was a winner. Do you know what I mean? So you, you've seen his tackles, but after after pitch. He was he was he was a gent, a really nice guy, down to earth. I mean, he played with Rangers, and he'd obviously had a good career, but you wouldn't have known he was just a normal geezer. And um, said even that night, I said someone started him, but Muzzy was like, "Listen, mate, yeah, I missed the penalty, I didn't mean to miss it, just leave us alone." So I didn't even you, know, you you would have thought maybe Muzzy would start throwing punches, but that that wasn't Muzzy. He was just a nice geezer. He just wanted to win, mm. whatever, whatever expense, you know what I mean? So he, he used. To, Break, break lads' legs because he wanted to win. Um, but yeah, the games had started them, so we had a drink on the tram. Yeah, I remember that being on television because um, obviously, I think at the time, Millwall probably were on television once, two or three times a year. Yeah. Um, and obviously, the FA Cup we were on against the tram and obviously the semis in the final, so it was, um, it was starting to get serious. And when we got to Tramere, I thought, 
we, we got beat, oh, you know what I mean? And even then, we, we, we were cut we drew nil nil at home. We couldn't believe it, but we still obviously fancied ourselves going away to Tramir. But I mean, they were a great cup team, wouldn't they? It was, it was a horrible place to go. Um, yeah, uh, people might be thinking Tramir because obviously now they're late yeah, to like, like, yeah. yeah. But they were a good side, weren't they? It was in the yeah, place. They, yeah. You know, I, I said it was a horrible place, and you play up there and it's huge, you know, it's cold, windy, it's open. Um, and they had a couple of big lads who used to throw the ball 50 yards, and uh, one or two. It, it, the winger wasn't bad. The one or two players who weren't bad who, who were linked to bigger clubs. But um, since yeah, obviously we've gone up there and taken off, taken the hole behind the goal. I remember yeah. because there was loads yeah. of fans there. It was um, a good result to be fair because it was a tough game. But we obviously fancied ourselves when we got Tranmere. Well, I mean, before that, you probably not really thinking of the FA Cup final. But once we got Tranmere in the, in the, in the quarterfinals, that's when we sort of thought, oh, here we go. So yeah. you never know here. And, and um, yeah, it was. Um, I'm going to put you down for a couple of assists. I'm just thinking of the goals in the replay. They definitely both come from Daniel's side. You clipped one long for, I'm sure, for the goal that ended up Harris ended up scoring. I told you I'm like a fucking goldfish, mate. I must well remember just passing the ball, mate. I don't know. Let's <laughs> talking about the home game. I'm thinking of the away game. And uh, obviously, Harris, the chest down and Harris got the volley. Yeah, I, think the, I think there was one or two. Yeah, I think I played the reading. I think paid it back into forward, me. Yeah. I played it in the air, something like that. So, um... But yeah, that was a hell of a goal. One, that was a great goal to you. Two great mate. goals, and then obviously yeah. the, the Millwall way we sort of conceded and then was hanging on at the end. But we got yeah, it. yeah, we were to you fair. Yeah, is, I mean we were two and look, we were cruising, but all of a sudden they got a goal out or nothing, and then all of a sudden you just said the last twenty minutes it's back to, backs against the wall. To be fair, mm. we, we got it done, mate, and we went to the semi final Old Trafford against Sunderland. Brilliant memories of that day, I suppose, as well. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, I'm a Liverpool fan, so. Um, I would prefer, I would prefer to be in Anfield, but to say you played at Old Trafford, mate, the, the stadium is well, like okay, we went up there a couple of days beforehand and just just walking around because obviously we hadn't been to Cardiff at this stage, so that stadium to me was like this stadium is just unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? So it was, um, I was great, great day, and I speak to obviously yourself and all the Millwall fans. They say that that was their final. Obviously, it wasn't theirs, but from a Millwall fans' point of view, I think that was the game that they thought they could win. Do you know? Whereas mm. I think a lot of Millwall fans. Rightly or wrongly, sort of going to the FA Cup, but it's just a day out. Whereas I think the Sunderland game, we didn't know what was going to happen, so we, they just all, all loved it. And I think my family, they they flew out from Ireland, and um, it was yeah, a day I'll never forget. To be fair, but again, I'd start. I mean, obviously we spoke about why he had um, he said I was number one left back, but all of a sudden now we, we start talking about contract, and I, I, we were getting nowhere. And all of a sudden he, he started taking me off in games, and he actually took me off. Um, in the semi-finals against Sunderland, I think after around 55, 60 minutes and put Livers left back. And I remember sitting on the bench and again, a bit like Tramere, we won 1-0, but I think if Sunderland had got a goal, they probably would end up winning 3 or 4 one because it was one of those games where if they got a goal, they probably would have got 2 or 3. Do you know what I mean? It was, um, mm-hmm. it was backs against the wall, but so we, we had a solid defence and obviously good goalkeeper and we, we, we could work hard, etc. So it was uh, but, yeah, un- unbelievable. I mean, the, the Millwall when Tim scored and just the fucking the fans, you know what I mean? It was um, unbelievable, mate. If you're thinking, hang on, this fucker might not play me here in the final. He might stick livers in at left back. I've, um, I didn't, but I've been since told that apparently the club wanted to not play me in the ethical final. Um, mm-hmm. Only reason he played me was because um, obviously um, Muzzy was injured, um, Dickio was injured, um, who else? It would be three or four players with experience that we missed on the day truth be told um, so I got told later that they were going to drop me and I'm thinking you know what I, I, I can't that's just to me whether it's true or not I don't know 
But that's just evil, isn't it? You know what I mean? I played 250 games, never really done anything wrong. And all of a sudden, they're going to take away your FA Cup and just say, well, do you know what? Stick, stick, stick their fingers up at me. Why would you? And so, mm. listen, I'll play it. So, I'm not saying it's true, but only because you've asked that. Um, mm. I got told that they would have dropped me if they had a full squad. And which, which I would probably think myself... They might have done because, as I said, I'd start getting. He kept putting livers left back, and I, I pulled wise. You know, I said, I, sounds like I was in the office all the time. I was ask anybody. I, I shit myself going the office. I wouldn't be doing it every week. But no, it's good. You're quite, a, you're quite, a, quite. Well, I thought you're quite, a quite person, but it's good you're gonna go in yeah, and fight. But oh, I, I, I am, and I, I don't like confrontation. But sometimes I just, I've got to go see him. So I went to wise. Listen, wise. I remember West Brom at home. I was actually, I wouldn't big myself up, Dan. You know what I mean? I, I had a great game. And I got taken off. And actually, the fans were booing that I was taken off. And I, I felt good because obviously the fans had picked up for me. Yeah. So I've gone into Wisey on the Monday. said, fucking hell, Dan. What are you taking me off for? I asked football decisions. Well, what decision is that? You think he bought an Andy Roberts um, for, for me? So he put Andy Roberts in midfield and put Livers left back. I said, well, why don't you just put on Andy Roberts and take fucking Livers off? Left back, I said, I'll take Livers off, send the midfield. I said, there's no way in the world that no disrespect to Livers. He, he knows. He's not as good at left back as, as I am. I said, so just swap livers and him. No, no, I'm, it's my decision. Um, it's tactical. Um, so, it's a yeah. It's a random so one, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit of a random one, that. Yeah, you, they always took me off, Dan. I was, listen, I'm not fucking moaning. It sounds like I'm just, that's football, and I get it. Do you know what I mean? I just thought, why are you taking livers off? Why are you taking me off to put livers left back? Just fucking swap them. Do you know what I mean? And, and anyhow, um, so yeah, so I do believe when I got told that they wouldn't have played me. I believe that probably would have been true, which would have absolutely broke my heart. I played oh. every round and he was just thinking, oh, I, hadn't, I hadn't done that wrong at the wall. Listen, no, so whatever happens, happens. It's not a problem. Do you know, I've got no, I hold no grudges. I love Millwall with all my heart. It's the best mm. time of my life. I love the fans. I love all the players. Still in touch with the players. I ain't no problem. Um, but for someone, someone up the top to say, well, fuck Robbie Ryan, we won't play in BFA Cup, just out of spite. When I wasn't asking for Daniel, if we might get onto it, what I asked for or what I got offered, we, it was you wouldn't just, just do it you know what I mean and, and I got told that I'm thinking oh, can I look back and thinking you know what that probably was going to be true and I was just thinking oh my god <laughs> that would have been would a big of bollocks ever wouldn't it yeah yeah no, it would have brought my heart mate would have brought my heart um, yeah so but listen I didn't I played so sort of played are we going to mention Ronaldo now <laughs> good afternoon mate good afternoon. <laughs> listen and Listen, we played in the final against Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously. Before he was really, before he was Cristiano Ronaldo, we knew he was a very young, talented um, winger from Man United, a young Portuguese player. We didn't know he's not what Cristiano Ronaldo is today. And people on, in the comments, I said, when I said you're coming on, a couple of people said, I oh, got slaughtered by Ronaldo that day. And my response to that was, give me the ump a little bit, but who fucking hasn't been destroyed by Ronaldo at some point in their career? Any footballer, any no, fullback. You, you, you... You could have said that he didn't get roasted by Ronaldo. That, that would have been another answer. Well, when, when, what popped into my head was when you, he ran down the wing, you thought he was going to cross it and he cut back inside. You went... Okay, Dan, yeah. Cheers, mate. See you later. Yeah, see you later. See you tomorrow, yeah? Um, first, no, question is, yeah obviously, first question, um, what did he smell like? He must have... Does he smell amazing? What? <laughs> did he smell unbelievable? He didn't smell as good as Sadler. <laughs> Um, now listen, as you said, Ronaldo had obviously just broke on the scene, but I remember watching him, I think it was, it might have been in the quarterfinals or on a Saturday night, it was like February, March, and he'd obviously broke into the team, and he played against Aston Villa, and he fucking, he destroyed the left back, 
Now, I didn't at the time. I'm just watching them thinking, okay, now he's some player, isn't he? Didn't know that six weeks later, I'll be trying to mark him. Um, but he was there. He was quality. Obviously, playing the championship, but I'd never played at like him. Whether he was young or not, it doesn't matter. He was still... He was still six foot. He was, you could see he was going to be a machine and, and strong, etc. He, he was both footed and he was quick and probably something I wasn't used to, to be fair. And a lot, listen, obviously, as you mentioned, he took me to the boiler and I slid in, then he's, he's pulled it back and, and done me a kipper, to be fair. But he's done it, as you said, better players than me. And yes. A lot, a lot of the time, I know it's, I haven't actually watched, I don't watch myself back, so I actually haven't watched the FA Cup final since. Um, a lot of the time, he cut inside. Do you know what I mean? And bounce it off centre forwards and I run across the pitch and beat three or four players as opposed to take which, what I was used to in the championship was that a winger would take you onto the boiler and get a cross in. Fairly rarely did come inside. So I, I sort of knew how to defend against that. But um, Ronaldo, as I said, was different. He'd go inside, outside. You wouldn't know where he was going, to be fair. And he was quality, to be fair, mate. He was, um, yeah, you could you could see, as I said, just before then, I think six or eight weeks before then, it started to. Think, okay, no, he, was, he was sort of this player. He, he did break on oh, the scene. He was still unbelievable, but yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. to what he as is, he, he, he's done it in fucking European Cup finals. And I said, a couple of Millwall fans say, we said, well, why didn't you just kick him? I'm like, it's not just as easy as just fucking kicking someone. I would have got sent off or whatever, and we would have lost the game 10 0. Do you know what I mean? It's not, yeah, of course. It's not, it's not, it's easy to say just kick him. It's not, it's not how the game is fucking played. It's not, um, but maybe I should have kicked him, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> what was the build up? <laughs> What's the build-up like, like to um, the, the build-up to the game? No, the, the, the feeling, oh. the camp, the suits, and everything else. Mate, unbelievable! As I said, from playing the championship, we, we were on television three or four times a year. Um, the South London press would bring you once a month or whatever if, you, if you're playing well or if you're being dropped or whatever um, for the chat, and that was about it. And a couple of papers in Ireland would ring me every now and again. But all of a sudden, Dan, I had Sky Sports in my house um, every day. Or this press. I actually had. Um, I think there was, there was a there was a porn channel just opened that year. Um, called I think it was called Triple X. You yeah. tell me, mate. I don't know. We'll we'll ask Tony. Tony might be able to confirm. But they 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 they've um they've rung me up. So what do you want to do? Do you want to give me? I think it was five thousand pound or ten thousand pound just to put. Obviously, I'm number three. So they'll have me number three in a jersey, and then just have three X's as as opposed to having Ryan on the back of my jersey have the three X's. So it'll be like triple X, the name of their channels, to do advertising. Fuck you know. So I'm thinking, I'll have a bit of that fucking five, I think it was five or ten grass, I'll have a bit of that for five thousand pounds for nothing. Um, but I think I spoke to somebody or someone said, nah, listen, it's, it's advertisement, you're not allowed to do it. And listen, lucky enough, I've got my own jersey at the FA Cup. So, um, but yeah, they, they ring me up. I mean, I had all sorts ring me up, said Sky Sports, come to my house. Um, every day was... It was just unbelievable going to get suits fucking fitted. Um, crazy, mate. At, at the training ground, there was cameras there every day. After training, players were getting interviewed. It was just like, I presume, like the Premier League is day in, day out. And we'd mm. obviously never seen it before. And it was, um, it was mad. It was 24-7, to, to be fair, mate. It but was, you didn't um, want it to end, did you? No, it was, it was, it was a great time. It, was, um, it just felt so special, do you know what I mean? just felt wanted every day. People ringing, as I said, because obviously me being artist as well, I had loads of Oilers papers ringing me and saying, oh, what's happening? Obviously, my contract. Um, so people asked me about my contract, etc. So it was, uh, yeah, it was mad, mate. And obviously, my friends, are, um, I had to get tickets and I'm getting tickets. From, I think I, I ended up getting 54 tickets from my mates. Okay. Um, I think we got, I think we got, I don't know if we only got two or four tickets complimentary, but then you yeah, obviously you could buy, I think we only allowed to buy 12 tickets a player. 
Um, but I I nicked Banoff's 12 because he, he, he think he was so, but no one came over from Northern Ireland because he wasn't really playing. So I got his 12. And then obviously with the, you needed identity cards for the Millwall game. I think you could buy two or four tickets with an identity card. But obviously because my friends have been coming over from Ireland, I had to get them an identity card. Yeah. And I, had their, I had their cards. So then I could buy every card I could get. I could buy two or four tickets. So I ended up all buying there. You know what I mean? So I ended up, I think I'd fuck. Like, well, I just sold them to my mates. They all paid me. Obviously, just face back. It was not, I didn't make no money, but I didn't want to make no money. That's not even, but I just got them for all But I ended up getting 50 fucking four tickets. And like, the last, how would you get 54 tickets? I'm like, because I've had all these identity cards. I nicked Braniff, who it was, I ended up room with Braniff because obviously Sandler then was injured. So I got his 12 tickets. So yeah, I was 54 fucking tickets, mate. I could have, I could have made a packet, couldn't I? Could have made a fucking fortune. <laughs> Um, we lost the game, obviously. That was sort of academic. We knew it was going to happen. Well, as, as fans, I think maybe the players had half an inkling. That was an unbelievable side. Probably the best United side there ever was. Van Nistelrooy, Roy, Keane. We heard a funny story from um, Ives about what shirt he got after the game. And then Ives did or I did? No, Paul Ifeel said um, yeah, yeah. he got someone's shirt and then he ended up switching it because he, he, the guy had already promised it to liver, so he ended up switching it somehow. Ended up with... Um, but not someone not very good. I can't remember who it was. But whose shirt did you get? Someone not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up um, again. I got fucking taken off, didn't I? Um, so I got taken off at 70, 75 minutes, and I was obviously pissed off. Do you know what I mean? I thought it's been such a good day, and I actually took it all in. Do you know what I mean? I, I enjoyed every moment of it, and um, but after the game, we've just been beaten three 0 So to me, it's. It's any other game, isn't it? You're not me. You've lost. You're not in a good mood. You're in a bad mood. So I've gone in the change room. We're all just sitting there sulking. It's like four or five lads ain't in. I'm thinking, oh, fuck are they? Boys get a bit of a team talk and where are they? So all of a sudden, fucking they've all, they've all come back in. Big no, big Mark McCammon again, like Dion Dublin, a big fucking six foot six. He's got Ronaldo's jersey. So I'm sort of just not even. I'm not even paying attention, mate. I'm just sitting there. And, I think it was Darren Ward was beside me. Um, and he said to Max, that's Robbie's jersey. And I sort of looked up, what's, what's that? He goes, he's got, he's got Ronaldo's jersey. And he said, give that to Robbie, that's Robbie's jersey. And McCammon said, I ain't, I ain't. Robbie's not fucking having it. And I sort of, I just looked at him, I thought, I remember Dion Dublin standing over me. I thought, I'm not going to have Mark McCammon standing over me. So I said, listen, whatever, mate, you want it, I marked him, you can fucking have it. Do you know what I mean? A bit pissed off, but... Oh, that's if that's your attitude, that's the way you wear it. Do you know what I mean? Sort of. He's had a so, weldy there, McCavan, and he's had an absolute weldy. Yeah, but he, he's he's. I don't know if he come on. I'm not sure if he played or whatever. But he did come. In my eyes, he stood after the game, waiting for the fucking jersey. Listen, I know it's Ronaldo's jersey, but at the end of the day, we've just lost an FA Cup fucking final. We're all down, and it, three or four of the lads have started outside waiting for the jersey. I just thought, you know what, that fucking sums you up a little bit, mate. Do you know what I mean? But listen, yeah, he's got the jersey. And I end up getting um, so I ain't got a jersey. I said, I'm in a bad mood, I've got a jersey. I'm with Danny Dicchio, and, and Dicchio, I think, he played for England under 21, so he, he knew a few of the players, like David Beckham, and not Beckham didn't play, did he, sorry, but Paul Scholes and Gary Neville and Phil Neville, I think he probably played with them. So I walk into the players' bar, and Phil Neville's popped up as a walking. So Dicchio's gone, oh, hello, Phil, you all right, mate? Yes, sweet, how's it going? Yes, sweet. And he goes, yeah, mate there, Robbie hasn't got a jersey. You've got a jersey there, Phil, so... Phil's fucking taking out of jersey and, and give, me, give me his jersey. So I've got Phil Neville. So I said, who's jersey? I said, Phil Neville's a mate. I was, 
We didn't get Ronaldo. So no, I didn't fucking get Ronaldo. He goes, well, you didn't even get Gary Neville's jersey. You got oh, fucking yeah. Phil Neville's jersey. I'm like, yeah, well, this is yeah, yeah, I have mates. What, what's you know what I mean? So yeah, I've, I've got fucking Phil Neville's Phil Phil's jersey, mate. Um, That's what I was gonna say. The, you didn't even get the, the the better Neville brother. You got the worst one. Yeah, well, he's the manager of England, didn't he? Now, do you know what I mean? So, oh, the ladies' seat. Yeah, <laughs> oh, fair enough. No. So obviously that game. What a way to bail out. That actually ended up being your last game for the club. Yeah, it was, um, as I said, because I, I, I knew it was my last game. Um, I took you it all that, in. that before the final, yeah? Sorry? You already knew that before the final. Yeah, we'd been negotiating. Um, boys, he'd offered me a, a contract. And, um, we, obviously, when Dennis came in, he, he said, listen, you're back in the team. So a month or two later, then Dennis is... Pulled me and said, listen, we want to offer you a contract. And I was being told by McGee that I could I could leave if someone comes. So I thought, fuck it, happy days then. So I sat down with Dennis and Ryan. I was, um, yeah, we're going to offer you a contract. And what's, what's the story? So I said, listen, this is what I'm on, Dennis. I said, they, they didn't have, they didn't know what I was on anything because obviously they did only sort of taken over. And I said, Dennis, listen, three years ago, we, we come in a championship and the chairman said to me, this is not a championship contract. Prove yourself. I said, listen, I've been here three years now. Um, we're going to the FA Cup final. Missed out on the playoffs. Played 100 games, 120 games in, in three years. I said, so, like, just see what you can get. And, like, I remember Ray Wilkins, God rest his soul, he said, oh, can I, Rob? I didn't know that. I said, listen, no, no disrespect to Joe, and I select Joe off. But obviously, Joe had signed the same contract as me. But Joe played five games in the championship. So mm-hmm. I played 120. And then after the three years, they go and say to me, take the same contract. I said, how can I take the same? I said, I was on the same money three years ago. Um, Dennis, when you told me it was a sh- when the club told me it was a shit contract, um, I said I'm not going to do that, Dennis. I said there's no way, and and I, t- I told Dennis and and um, and Ray, I said, listen, this is my situation. I said listen, no, again, Joe was on the same one. He's never kicked a- played three or four games in the championship. I said how can you expect me to sign a contract that you told me three years ago was shit? And Dennis and Ray said, listen, we went at the club. We didn't realise that was the situation. So I thought sweet. So Ray said, listen, oh, I didn't know that, Rob. Fucking hell. Thanks for telling us. I agree with you, like one hundred percent. That's that's bollocks. You shouldn't have been offered that contract. So I thought, happy days. I'm going to get a two year deal as opposed to a one year deal, um, or a bit more money. So a few days later, Dennis called me in the office. Goes, Robbie, listen, spoke to the chairman. It's a one year deal. He's not moving. It's the same money as what you've been on the last three years. Take it or leave it. I was like, what? He goes, it's the same deal. I said, well, I told you my situation, Dennis, and you agreed with me. He said, listen, Robbie, the chairman ain't budging. I said, well, Dennis, listen. I can't sign that out of principle. I said, I want to stay here. You know that. I said, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to fucking up sticks again. I said, I've got a missus here now and whole family. And you know what I mean? I said, I'm, I'm happy here, Dennis. I said, just, mm. I said, all right, give me the same deal. I said, but if I play in the first team, I get an extra £500 a game. I said, so if I'm in the first team, I'm obviously deserving of the 500 quid. And if I'm not in the first team, I'm in the reserves. And, and so be it. I said, I'm not, I'm not breaking the bank by being a reserve player. Okay, I'll see what I can get you. Come back. And I'll take it. I'll leave it. Take, that's it, take our leave. And I said, Dennis, listen. I said, I ain't got a club, Dennis. I said, but principal, I'm not, I'm not taking that. I said, no matter if I don't get a club, I said, I can't take it, Dennis. I said, it's, I said, in the last three years, price of bed's gone up. I said, I'm not taking it. And um, obviously, that was it. The club never, the first time I actually stood up and didn't sign it, I got to Tony, Tony Warren. I said, listen, Rob, just, just tell them now and they'll come back to you. And they just never come back. And that, and that was it. And unfortunately, it, it sort of ended that way. And um, how long yeah. was this point? 20, was it 2004? 27. So, um, still had legs in you. Sorry? Still had, like, still had legs in you. Well, I never had fucking legs. But, um, well, <laughs> yeah. Your, no, yeah. I was, still, I, was young, I was still young enough. Uh, but again, yeah. 
my, my naivety um, that something would come up I, I, I didn't really I had I wasn't signed to an agent but I had someone but I wasn't ringing him I was sort of mm. letting him ring me and he, he never really rung me and I, my dad surely, said, just surely that must have put you in the shop window a bit though playing in the cup final Mark well, Ronaldo he told me two or three like, Cardiff and Nuts Forest were interested but then after after getting roasted by Ronaldo I sort of went a bit quiet <laughs> um, so yeah so it was um it was yeah. It just it went that way, and they, they, they never come back. And I was, I was disappointed, to be fair, Dan. It was. Um, I said if 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 Mill had showed me a bit love, half the love that the fans had, had, had given me, um, I would have been a happy man. But f- for some reason, for whatever reason it was, somebody didn't want to didn't want me to, to be at Millwall. Um, probably from day one, if truth be told. But listen, I'm not fucking moaning. It was um, mm. an unbelievable six or seven years, and. It was just a shame. But as you said, what a way to go out. And as I said, I, I took it on in because I knew when even driving through Cardiff, I'd usually have my head down, listening to music and getting in the zone. But I'd, I was looking out the windows and watching the fans and even coming out before the Cardiff, just looking around in the stand and the, and the stadium and, and taking it all in. And Do you know what I mean? It, it mm. was a, an unbelievable day. And um, yeah, great times to be fair, Danny. Can't um, get six every, every year. So we were, we were fighting for playoffs and FA Cup and LDV Cup final and uh, one League One League One playoffs championship playoffs so every year we were sort of we were fighting for something do you know what I mean so it was um, mm. it was great and as I said the Millwall fans even to this day mate have, I've not got a bad word to say about them I know at times they, they can be nasty to certain people but I can only from my point of view mate as I said about about, about Mark and, and, and Ryan they, they were good but from my point of view I needed them to leave and from my point of view, the Millwall fans, to me, mate, have, have, have always been unbelievable to me and still to this day. Yeah, mate, listen, there's never a dull moment. Like, you're right, you're in your time at the club of six years. And it's, it's a shame. To, you know, it's, it's, good, it's a good insight to hear your side of things. But it's a shame you didn't feel loved by the, um, by the club as a structure. But obviously, you, you fully appreciated the fan base. And, mate, this has been, honestly, it's been absolutely brilliant. You did a, we did a show before, the Christmas special, um, you, Ronnie Ball and Tony Warner. Couple of years ago, wasn't it? Where the yeah, night was big Cholton. and you said to me after you said, "Good, good job, them boys were um, were here." Because I'm not very good with the stories, but mate, honestly, I, I think that's my favourite one yet. I don't just saying that is really good. Yeah, really you, good. You, can, you can send a check in the you can send a check in the post, mate. Yeah, couldn't shut you up. I've been going there for forty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but Robbie, honestly, mate, it's good to talk to you, and I'm, uh, the fans are going to absolutely love this. Thanks for joining us, mate. All the best. No problem. Cheers, Dan. Take it easy. Cheers, top, mate. Man. Have a good one. Stay safe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 